Welcome to Chevron's Locked Stargate Podcast. I'm Chelsea. I'm Jess. And I'm Melanie. This episode we are discussing In the Line of Duty, which is Season 2, Episode 2. And before we dive in, I want to give a spoiler warning. We will be discussing whatever we feel like about Stargate as well as explicit content. So be oh, yeah. prepared for that. Mm-hmm. This episode was written by Robert C. Cooper, who we're starting to see more of and generally enjoy. Directed by Martin Wood. It aired on the 3rd of July, 1998. It features the return of Katie Stewart as Cassandra Frazier. This is actually the last time we have Katie Stewart playing Cassandra Frazier. We also get Tracy Westerholm back very briefly, like blink and you miss her as Staff Sergeant Westerholm. But... I didn't even see her. <laughs> she, she like answers the phone and gives it to him at that point. But good call, Chelsea. Good call. <laughs> yeah, so Melanie, why don't you hit us with a synopsis? I'm just going to st- start real quick for a second. Are we sure this is a Martin Wood episode? Because nobody got wet, so I didn't know if we were in the right category or <laughs> we were sure or... <laughs> nobody got wet? Yeah, there were in, in there were explosions episode, and water. Yeah, they're, they're like oh, they're, you're they're so right. Even even in Stargate or in um, Sanctuary, every yeah, episode yeah. he directs. Did he wet. do the in Sanctuary? Was he the one with the or they're underwater in the sub? Yep, <laughs> great episode. Uh, Martin yeah. Wood knows his. Okay, yeah, carry on. <laughs> okay, sorry. So the synopsis of tonight's episode is. While on a mission, a symbiote takes Carter as its host and makes its way to Earth in order to leave for a new planet. However, the rest of the team finds out and arrests her. She tells the team that she is a member of the legendary Tok'ra and that an Ashrak uh, is sent to kill her, forcing SG-1 into a desperate race against time to stop and find the Ashrak before it's too late. That That's is... a pretty descriptive synopsis on that one. It as is. it almost always is these days. I feel like we've really gotten away from, like, those early synopsises that was just, like, what episode did you watch? Because that's not what we watched. (laughs) And now it's, like, let me tell you the whole episode. So this episode was actually, it's the second episode of season two. It was actually meant to be a cost-cutting episode. So in the Littles uh, season one and season two uh, illustrated companion, uh, Jonathan Glasner says that this episode was meant to be a bottle show. Um, and a bottle show, he says, is all inside the bottle, which just uses regular sets. So they don't have to build new ones. Um, and they use regular cast, so they don't have to cast any new actors. It's much less expensive to produce and is done to make up costs when they've gone over budget when they've done other episodes. However, as they shot uh, the teaser for this episode, much to the chagrin of the studio, it was super expensive. So because of all the attacks and fly pass and extra cast members. So they ended up coming in on budget rather than under budget. Um, but Jonathan Glasner says, uh, I guess we strayed from the original purpose of saving money, but we just had too much fun making the teaser to cut back on anything else. Yeah. When you said it was meant to be a bottle episode, I was like, this is like, that is not a bottle episode. No, no, no. A bottle episode, like, well, I guess everyone knows what a bottle episode is, but it's literally like usually one room, one set, like three to four people like it is a very enclosed situation this is the complete opposite of that we've got like seven <laughs> different sets we've got 50 cast members this is a very involved episode special effects oh yeah like the gate was yeah. on like 10 different times that's like 30 <laughs> billion dollars or something like that according to our politics episode <laughs> <laughs> well and it starts out with like a giant 
amb- like sequence mm-hmm. of death gliders and explosions. I was watching that first scene. I was like, did, I, when you read that, I was so baffled because I was like, this looks like an expensive episode to make because it was also really beautifully executed. I thought yeah. that first scene, like this, the CGI was great. The death gliders looked good. Yep. The practical effects were good the explosions were big and convincing there were extras flying everywhere yeah. i was gonna say everyone was doing that weird thing you're supposed to do when explosions happen where you just like leap into the sky like towards the camera i mean one did a like a complete flip and I, yeah i, I, I kind of yeah. laughed in the water like, i mean yeah. yeah it's cool whatever. yeah yeah this yeah. is um probably one of the best cold opens we've gotten in a very long time like it definitely kicks you into action there's a lot going on immediately like now that we have like we're in season two now so we have some more like kind of background so we know okay that's a goal death glider and okay Mm -hmm. there's sg1 or sgc teams in the distance and like like what's going on here so i feel this is one of our better cold opens that we've gotten in a long time but essentially we kind of like we were talking about earlier we kind of come upon this planet there's a battle raging there's goal death gliders just sorry. Did anyone else find it as weird that we actually opened on like the shot of the weird wooden bust statue thing? Like, did anyone else? <laughs> this? I thought it was like, you know, like an aesthetic choice. Like, I don't Here, know. Look at this cute thing. It's like, and then hang this on, guy? we're going to pan back real quick. And then look at all this death and destruction. Great. Maybe it's like they're Good. they're trying to lure you in. Like, oh, we're just off on like one of our normal missions where we're doing sort of like archaeological <laughs> dig of some description. But no, it's a battle. It was probably one of Daniel's artifacts that he found, but he had he, to leave it. And he touched something and... <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so Sorry, yeah. No, no, you're good. So um, we basically were thrown into the middle of this chaos and then suddenly we see SG-1. So we see Jack carrying what looks like maybe a teen or young boy. I don't know. Someone. A civilian. Uh, and they're injured... Uh, Daniel's manning the Stargate, which is open, and he's hustling people. Well, he's telling people to come on and get through the gate. Jack hands off his injured person and says he's got to go back for Carter because Carter has found um, an injured civilian and is trying to do CPR on him to try and save these people. They're trying to save as many as they can. And then Sam. So I had to Google this because Sam is doing CPR. She does mouth to mouth and compressions. And I had thought that we had, obviously this was shot in the, the 90s, but mm-hmm. I was like, I wonder if we've like officially stopped telling people to do mouth to mouth now for this very reason of like disease passing and like, does it even effective? But no, mouth to mouth is still uh, practiced and that's like the common. Yeah. Well, and definitely in 97. Oh, definitely. 80. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Which like was a whole other thing. I wonder if there's like a whole spiral, like after she like, <laughs> so... Well, because like she like comes away with like blood because uh the dude pulls a squints palidor yes okay to- i go i go sandlot moment but make it horror <laughs> like, it's very sandlot because as sam is doing mouth to mouth for this guy he kind of like when i remember when i first watched this he like kind of comes alive briefly and like cups the back of her head and i was like are you, you like, pulls her in yeah. for a kiss i was like are you kidding me uh-huh. like i thought this is how we're gonna start season two off really okay but no, it, it wasn't sexual assault. It, it was wasn't. Worse. It was just normal assault. I don't know. <laughs> uh, because all of a sudden, uh, Carter kind of like stumbles away from the body and is like gagging. And you and see like blood. And there's blood on her mouth. And you hear those like gold symbiote hissing like, noises. Creepy noises. Yeah. yeah. 
And then all of a sudden, uh, she makes dead eye contact with the camera and her eyes glow. And we know now that Carter has been uh, infected with a gold. So Jack comes back for her, tells her that we got to go, basically. And he kind of checks in on her because there is blood on her mouth. uh, And she looks a little shell-shocked. And she says that the guy's dead and that he bit his tongue uh, as he died. And that's where the blood came from. They hustle Mm -hmm. through. Oh, and I want to point this out. Daniel also finds a burned guy who's like 80% burned. Like Daniel says he's alive, but he's going to wish he wasn't when he wakes up and he gets taken through the SGC as well, which on first glance you think, Oh, they're just setting up like this is a big, bad battle and lots of people are getting hurt. But because this episode is supremely written, like supremely (laughs) written, that guy's going to come back in a second. Anyway, (laughs) I, I'm just in awe and I'm going to like point those out as we go through these first 15 minutes because there's so many of these like blink and you miss it like throwaway lines almost that get revealed later in the episode and you're like oh my word like that is good writing that's tight writing and that deserves a good shout out way to go Robert C. Cooper seriously Robert C. Cooper you should consider professional writing you're doing a great (laughs) job just keep it in mind so they get back to the SGC. Uh, they've rescued a bunch of civilians. Uh, Carter's the last one through. And there's obviously something wrong. If for nothing else than the dun-dun-dun music in the background is like swelling and getting more dramatic. <laughs> and Jack asks her, you know, hey, are you okay? Like, is everything all right? And she kind of has this like flippant like, yeah, everything's fine. I'm fine. It's, it's great. And then we just like fade to black to the titles. Okay. I I also noted that she said she thanks him because yes. he like checks in her and she says thank you. She doesn't say sir. Yeah, which Carter would have said sir. She says sir always. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's all these like little moments leading up to the big reveal that you as the viewer, because you have the benefit of knowing, you start picking at, and you mm-hmm. can see like, oh, that's not our Sam. Mm-hmm. So we get back from the main credits, which are great as usual, and we're in this like uh, briefing room. And we're kind of getting a lot of, like, what sounds kind of like filler exposition. Like, on first glance, it kind of just sounds like some SGC babble to get us from one scene to the other. But what Daniel is saying is uh, the planet they were on, the civilians are called the Nassians. Um, and SGC was there because they were going to set up a research post on this planet. They were pretty peaceful. Like, it doesn't make sense for the gold to kind of, like, attack them out of nowhere because from what they've seen, the gold only attack people um when it's like when they're a threat when their tech has gone too far or when they're uh when they post some like knackwood of mine yeah like or a resource something important so daniel and jack and tilk are kind of like and hammond are all kind of like bandying about like why was this attack even happening well tilk says sometimes they just attack yeah pleasure yeah (laughs) so which kind of like negates all the conversation because then it's like well there's no point in even trying to figure out what was going on because who knows why it could be there mm-hmm. jack kind of throws out i think it's jack who says like it could be because we just kicked apophis's ass and like maybe it was <laughs> like like jack thinks it's all about them like jack is like they're thinks look- they must have found out they were there yeah right jack thinks that the gold are looking for sg1 this is revenge for kicking apophis's butt like this is a a revenge situation well, and um, Sam says something vaguely racist. Yes. Like, about Jaffa, because she's, when he says to, they go old, only attack, can sometimes attack only for pleasure, 
she says, well, maybe they didn't tell you why they were really attacking because you're just a Jaffa. And everyone looks at her like, yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> well, she, she'd also been quiet the whole time. Like, yeah. She had said mm-hmm. nothing this whole time. Yeah. It kind of, yeah. it also makes me wonder, like, because obviously, like, we know that Jolinar, that's Jolinar. Like, so, like, mm-hmm. so we know that's not Sam. So, like, what made Jolinar, like, want to speak up there? Like, why not just stay silent and, like, ride out the briefing room and, like, go about her business or his business since they're gender fluid and Jolinar is a he in this episode. He is. They keep referring to him as <laughs> well, a but he. they don't actually well, but they know. they don't know. They just, no, they just I know. assume that he I'm is. just saying. I know. I get it. The just... pronoun for this episode is he. So I'm going with he. And isn't it later or isn't it in the Toker episodes they say they're like gender fluid? Or is that a mm-hmm. fig? No, it's definitely like so when she talks to Martouf because she's been referring to Jolinar that whole time as a he. Yeah. And when she meets Martouf and finds out that Martouf was in love with Jolinar... He says that he says something to the the effect of like that Goa'uld symbiotes don't really have gender. Yeah, they just they take the frequently hosts. have right, a, right. a preference for which hosts they they prefer to go into. Yeah. and Jolinar usually chose a female host. Yeah, all that to say, Jolinar is referred to as a he. Therefore, I will refer to him as a he in this episode. So it makes me just wonder what Jolinar was thinking. Like, why tip your hand by even engaging or like. I guess you just couldn't hold your tongue. Yeah, I mean, maybe she just wanted to make a dig. Or, he, I'm sorry, he wanted to make a dig. <laughs> you can say she, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, make a dig at the Jaffa just in general. Or maybe, you know, I think at first she was, he was being quiet because he was trying to figure out what they knew or, you know, maybe gather some intel. And then yeah. decided to speak up and then was, then all, all bets are off because yeah. the Jaffa spoke. I think there's a chance she was... Because she didn't, I don't think she really wanted anything bad to happen to these people, especially Mm-mm. because she was sort of seeing that they were a reasonable threat to the Goa Wold. Right. And even if the Tok'ra are generally kind of assholes about that in the future, that you know, they don't, they're not idiots right. about, hey, someone else fighting them is useful. But they, so maybe it was, because she's sort of leading them away from the belief of they were there because SG-1 was there. She's right. more saying they might have had a different reason for attacking right and so all of that kind of culminates into we don't know why they attacked but hammond and daniel decide that it's important that we find out why the nasians were attacked why are they a red target um and we also get this little tidbit kind of a throwaway line we now have 12 sg teams so we have new yeah. three new teams nine through 12 <laughs> which is great um which means we went 12. from getting cut yeah. to more money yeah yeah so suck it palpatine yeah and as the meetings debrief jack tells sam um you know they're kind of linger back in the briefing room he says hey carter don't mean to be a nag about this but uh you gotta go get checked out by old dark frazier like you gotta and then jillinar really tips the hand a little <laughs> bit here and the attempt to be very sam like she tries to be like buddy buddy with jack and goes like yeah sure colonel wouldn't want to like break protocol and like punches him on the shoulder which just sets all the alarm bells off for jack except i offered this counter when we i just listen listen listening because i think that at that point of the episode we're thinking okay jack knows something's up something's not right here but when the reveal does happen later in the episode he's like completely caught unawares like 
he seems like I wrote it down that he was like, I can't believe like, or Cassie was the only one who saw it. Like, let me get there. So to me, I want to be like, did you like, what was that look then? Cause then were you just thinking like, is this something new between our relationship? Are we <laughs> at the hitting each other on the arm phase? Are we there yet? <laughs> I don't, I don't think it's that. I think, I think Dang. he had like an inkling, like yeah. an inkling of something was wrong. Like he said, mm-hmm. when, when the reveal after, you know, the reveal happens, maybe Sam does hit him on the arm every once in a while. Who knows? Maybe it's a different <laughs> side we don't ever see, you know. But I also have to think that that, that didn't come out of nowhere either because Jolinar has Sam's memories now. So True. like it's like she, so he's trying to act how Sam would act. So where did the where did where did he get the idea that that's okay to like Hey, mm-hmm. good job, buddy. Great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's how like Tokra like think that humans interact and they're like I'm <laughs> I'm being a very good human right now. <laughs> I I think that I think that Jack's reaction might actually come from a place of concern for Sam's mental well-being, not like thinking that there's something off about her because he pulled her away from doing CPR on a dying man. She had his blood on her mouth, well, supposedly his blood on her mouth. She comes through the gate. She's really shell-shocked and seeming misplaced, out of like confused. And so I think him, so first him being like, you got to go get your check. And I think that's probably an alarm for him. I would assume that Sam doesn't usually need to be reminded yeah. to go get her post-mission check. That he So then her doing that makes him think maybe it's false bravado and he needs to be keeping an eye on her because she did like watch a man die like that's fair. while she was trying to save him. And so I think there's a chance that that could have been, that it wasn't him being like, she's not herself. It's right. more like she's not acting like herself. I need yeah, to yeah. on her. That's an excellent point. But I'd like us to keep in mind also that it's also maybe that it's a sexual tension thing and we should just keep that <laughs> as well. Also valid. Okay, so we are now in the infirmary. Uh, it's Janet and Sam. Janet's checking Sam out. She's pulling, checking the back of her neck, looking for an entry point. Because as of this moment, we've only ever seen the gold kind of like digging through the spine. So that's what we're looking for. And so Janet's kind of going through her check. She's like, um, she notes a little abrasion in the back of sam's throat um and swabs it which Dolinar allows or sam allows and sam seems really gung-ho about like hey like i can go back out right like i'm cleared like obviously Dolinar has a agenda she wants to get out and i love this because janet says you can go but first go visit cassie she's at the hospital and it just like and maybe i'm reading too much into it but it felt like such a good like mom moment for janet where it was like look you got to go do your godmother duties, like whatever it is, like whatever role it is that Sam has, you got to, you've like neglected Cassie. You got to go see Cassie first and then you can go play with your friends. But like you, you got to go do the chore first. (laughs) But yeah, so I just, I really love that Janet kind of like, I mean, I have no idea like what the authority, I don't know what the situation is, but it just felt really cool to have Janet be like, no, Sam, you can't go on a Stargate mission until you go see Cassie. Yeah, I also just, I always love any little tidbit of of information we get that reinforces the fact that they're friends. Yes. I I like them being friends. I love the, the idea of Sam having a close relationship with Cassie. And and so the, the fact that this is, seems like pretty standard interaction for them of, you haven't seen Cassie in a while. I know I've been really busy. I miss her. Like that. And that that is easily accessible enough for Jolinar to also know that and yeah. 
And yeah, yeah so I agree. I, yeah. I, I love that interaction. And I also like that we kind of get this, like to me, one of the like really amazing things about this episode, which if you haven't been able to tell already, I love this episode. <laughs> but one of my favorite parts is the way that they've like, that Robert C. Cooper has integrated all these like little like facts and tidbits and threads of this world. So like the Air Force Academy Hospital is at least in some way affiliated with the SGC and at least has some clearance because the Nazians, there's like the overflow that the infirmary infirmary at SGC couldn't handle has gone to the Academy um, Hospital. When we get to the hospital, we find that Janet has an office there and like does rounds there regularly. So it's like we've got these little like snapshots and tidbits of of their lives outside of the SGC. And it's demonstrated in such like little teeny tiny like throwaway lines and it's just like such a big bang for your buck uh you know four words have given you kind of a better feel of this world yeah all that to say we're at the hospital in the next scene and we're checking in on these like nasians who are severely burned and this is another one of those like great setup almost like a throwaway lines like you've got a doctor standing over that burned man that we saw at the beginning of the episode um actually i think it's janet uh Janet. Yeah, it's Janet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Janet. And Janet makes like a little note to herself and says, like, Burns covered 80% of his body. He should be dead. It's incredible. She said no infection. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no infection. Mm-hmm. Should be dead. Something like that. Like, it's incredible. And like, again, it's all going to come full circle. But it's like, it's like just one tiny little line that just like kind of sets the scene. But it's all going to come back around. Well, but then she walks away and he starts glowing. Yeah. Oh yeah, so, that too. So then that's the payoff. Yeah. Well, I was going to get there, but yeah. So he starts <laughs> glowing. <laughs> it's all good. So he starts glowing, and you're like, "Oh my god!" Like, okay, so that's why, like, there's no infection, and things seem to yeah. be going well. The gold is healing him, and Sam comes by in a jumpsuit. In a jumpsuit, looking damn fine. Jack will also be in a jumpsuit shortly. Also looking. Damn also fine. looking damn fine. Unrelated, I did buy two jumpsuits today. I'm not saying that I have <laughs> any aspirations. Were they green? No. Uh, yes, one was green, uh, one was blue. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have an aesthetic that's going. They, yeah, they, they, they're green and blue. Why? Why, why were they green um, and blue? They're very flattering colors. <laughs> and I also like, so like Janet tells Ka- uh, Sam, like, Cassie's in my office. You know where that is, right? And it kind of mm-hmm. is like one of those like, wink winks to like the audience because we're like does she know where the the office is but then it's like kind of like one of those like red herring ding like winks almost because it's like yeah of course she does because we have access to all of sam's memories that wasn't going to be something to trip her up so we're just kind of like building up this like when is sam going to get caught so sam goes uh to visit cassie who is painting uh which we'll get a call back for later in season two, maybe three. We'll get a call back to Cassie painting later. Season three. Three. Thank you, Melanie. I know you would know. And Cass runs to her and says how much she's missed uh, Sam. And they have this hug. And then all of a sudden, Cassie goes real stiff in Sam's arms and pulls away slowly and just kind of like runs and ducks behind the couch. And I didn't write down if there was any dialogue other than there was just this like kind of sc- I think she just looks scared at her right mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. and Sam kind of asks her what's wrong and oh then, yeah yeah and then you know moves forward at her yeah and then all of a sudden it was like a light switch because uh Sam is no longer Sam Sam is definitely gold her she goes full glowy eyes 
and her shoulders pop back and and she kind of advances on Cassie as the scene fades to black. Yeah. That's upsetting. Poor Cassie. Yeah. Very That girl has been through so much already. And like also kudos to like Anna Tapping who as we get further into the episode just turns off and on Sam and Jolinar so well. Mm -hmm. So then we kind of come back to the SGC. This is also another good like I will praise this episode. There's a lot of scene cuts but none of it feels like remember that one episode was it the Knox? I think it was the Knox when we were like flipping back and forth between like five different groups of people and five different threads even though this episode has a lot of um scene cuts it all feels very seamless and it's like easy to follow um because we're back at the sgc uh hammond and jack are discussing like tactics or something uh where they can send the yes. nazi and refugees yes uh relocation all of a sudden the phone rings uh and it's an urgent call for colonel o'neill because obviously who else is Janet going to call when there's drama between <laughs> Sam and Cass, but Jack, the other member of their family? Because we have Aunt Sam, Uncle Jack. Okay. And basically, it's an urgent phone call. Jack's got to get down to the hospital right away. When Jack shows up at the hospital, Janet tells him something happened with Sam, and Cassie won't come out, not even for Janet, and she only wants Jack, which, same. Uh, <laughs> in times of crisis i too want jack o'neill at my side and jack slash rda in the scene is just so good with her like like comes to her level sits down kind of waits doesn't like push Cass at all to like she doesn't like dem- he doesn't demand what's happening he kind of waits for Cass, and boy does she take her time explaining what happened which would be my only like teeny tiny critique if you yeah just very vague she snuggles up to him she does and he like puts her his hand on her head and like yeah it's it's cute i mean to be fair though she could be scared she could be waiting to see maybe if sam got infected by a ghoul could jack be infected by a ghoul like i mean that's so she kept she kept his she kept her distance and then kind of when the nakwada didn't go off or whatever, she kind of got closer and then decided she could, you know. That's a very open up. reasonable analysis from you, Melanie. So I now have to retract my annoyance with how slow Cassie <laughs> <laughs> told Jack. But basically, Cass tells Jack, uh, I have the scene if you want. Oh, yes, I do. What happened? She said she'd kill me if I told. Well, you don't mean kill you, kill you. No, I doubt that. She said she would. Cass, Sam loves you. She'd never do anything to hurt you. She would now. Why? She's a ghoul. Yeah, that's powerful stuff, man. I love the confidence and authority with which Jack says, like, Sam loves you. Sam would never hurt you. Like, it is such, like, a parent, like, thing to say, like, to reassure Mm -hmm. your kid, you know? Yeah. I also really love the, you're right. It is a long dramatic pause between, like, 
she would now. And then there's like a long pause before Jack even asks why. I know. <laughs> it's just like, also like, Cass, like, why would you not open with, Sam's a gold? Like, <laughs> once you know, like, let's speed this up a little bit. Well, but also when you're a kid and an adult tells you they're going to kill you or, you know, something That's like that. I, I remember being a kid and being scared of, of certain adults. And, you know, I there are certain things I wouldn't say. And, you know. That's fair. Someone that you love, someone that you know, that you love, that you, you know, value, says they're going to kill you, and she knows that that this person can kill her if yeah. they want to. I guess it was more like the Eeyore delivery. Like, I'm not ragging on <laughs> on the scene. I love the scene, but it's just like, look, I can't just praise the episode. I got to critique somewhere, and I'm picking here to critique, okay? I mean, I mean, as long as you don't cr- critique the rest of it, no. I mean, this is a perfect place to critique. And... It's just this very Eeyore del- delivery of, she would now. It's just like, <laughs> all right. All that to say, the big reveal is Sam's a Gua'uld, Jack knows, Janet knows, now everyone basically knows. Then we get to our... Um, we're back to the SGC, and Sam slash Jolinar is now on the warpath. She's mm-hmm. got her pack. She's ready to go through the gate. She comes to the locker room where Daniel and Tilk are getting ready to gear up, and uh, she tells them to step on it uh, in this <laughs> very, like, not Sam-like way at all, <laughs> which uh, Daniel just kind of looks shell-shocked and turns to Tilk like, what was that? Like, <laughs> that's not our Sam. Um, and she kind of comes like pounding through the gate room. She's like pacing. She looks like a, like, a caged in tiger. Like she is just like kind of pacing. I have that in my notes. Ow. <laughs> I was I reading your mind. Thing. Yeah, I wrote that exact thing. But yeah, she's she's like pacing. She's anxious. She wants to get through that gate and she wants to get through there now. Time is wasting. Um, except... The gate isn't going. Uh, Daniel and Teal come in. Jack comes in and he's like, hey, guys, everyone, we're on hold campers. Like, we're not going anywhere. And Jolinar kind of loses her cool because Jack ever so casually wanders up to her and just stabs her <laughs> in the arm with uh, like a sedation, like a trank, basically. Mm-hmm. Um which I love because Jolinar doesn't even flinch at it. And Janet says the thing that everyone says when you trank someone and they don't react to it, which is that should have taken down an elephant. I don't know why. Yeah. It happens every time someone gets tranked and doesn't respond the way they're supposed to. That's the line that gets said. It's a Hollywood rule. Which begs the question, why are we consistently dosing humans with elephant doses? Yeah. 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 Shouldn't that kill you if you dose someone with an elephant sized tranquilizer? Yeah. I'm going to give, I'm going to give Janet the benefit of the doubt that she knew that the, they would need more because of the symbiote. Like if they were going to knock her out. Yeah. Right. I just. But in general, yes, we should not be giving humans elephant doses of tranquilizer. No. And so I guess everyone kind of looks shell-shocked because Joel and I are still standing. And now they have a situation on their hands because it's all broken out into chaos. Now Sam's got a weapon out. right? Yeah, got her weapon out and is demanding that, that the gate be open. Meanwhile, Tilk and Daniel out of the loop don't really know what's going on because they keep <laughs> being like, Jack, what the hell is going on? <laughs> like, come on. Even though, even though Sam is now using the Jolinar voice, like yeah. it's now a distorted. Voice. Yeah, 
Dale's a little slow on the uptake. He didn't get his coffee this morning. He's very confused. Maybe it's like a role-playing situation. He's not sure. So, yeah. So then we have, um, what are they called? Like, not airmen, but... SFs. SFs, thank you. So we have a bunch of SFs come through, uh, guns drawn, and tell Carter to, to drop the weapon, basically. And Jack... Oh, side note. Carter has knocked him the fuck out, by the way. <laughs> he was like a ragdoll. Like a ragdoll. Like one like good hit and he went flying. So Jack kind of gets up off the floor and instructs the SF not to shoot. Again, take it how you will. That's a member of his team. Also, maybe something more. Who knows? Um, but we don't want to hurt Carter, even though she's infected with the gold. Jack goes to disarm Sam. She's she's holding a grenade. That's right. So because Jack does disarm her, but then uh, she she combats that with a grenade, which she pulls the pin out of and holds it and is like, if you don't open this uh, Stargate, I'm blowing us all up. And Jack is the one who really uh, talks her down and kind of sort of. Uh, he tells the SFs don't shoot. He says to Sam, if you pull it, like we're all going to die. So we're either all going to leave here in one piece or we're all going to die right here. But no one's going through the gate. And you can kind of see, like, Sam's eyes getting a little woozy. Like, maybe that Trank did do something. And then just to kind of, like, put the cherry on top of everything, there's a Trank from, I think, an SF. Mm-hmm. Just gets her right in the thigh. So we got <laughs> a second dose of uh, Tranquilizer. And basically, Sam finally does go down. Jack catches her <clears throat> uh, and catches the grenade so no one has to lose their life. <laughs> You decide what's more important. You decide what's more important: catching the grenade or catching Sam. I you said catch her, and I was like, "Eh, he kind of caught the grenade. He catches both. He catches both. I choose to focus on catching Sam. You can choose to focus on the grenade. I'm picking Sam. He also then tells the SFs to take it easy. Yeah, with her. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Again, take it how you will. Maybe he's a concerned team member. Maybe he's something more. Up to you to decide. And that's where I am stopping my recap. Okay, great. So now, I guess it's my turn. We pick up in the briefing room <clears throat> where uh, Jack, Sam, or Jack and Sam, no. Jack. Yes, let's Daniel. talk more about Jack and Sam. Yes. Good, Melanie. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Jack and Sam, it's just, it automatically comes out. Uh-huh. Like they go together. It's, uh-huh. Anyway. So, um, so everyone's in the briefing room, briefing room except for Sam. Even Doc Frazier's there. We got Hammond, Teal, Daniel, and Jack, they're talking about, you know, what happened uh, in the gate room. And um, Jack was like, well, I thought something was off, but I wasn't sure until that fiasco that happened out in the gate room. That just, like, sealed the deal for me, which, I mean, it's fair. So, I mean, uh, it's a late seal. <laughs> a little late seal, right? <laughs> um, and then Fraser says that Cassie still has Nakoda in her blood still is still being filtered out so that might have been the reason that cassie knew about sam before anybody else which is kind of interesting and like an awesome thing yeah. to just like superpower. throw in there that we could use later in the series yeah except that they're a little inconsistent with it that's also yeah. true teal later can sense it and didn't hear yeah, yeah. so okay. i mean it's a little it's a little iffy it's one of those things that it's like know. the zat gun if it fits in the story, it fits. If it doesn't fit, mm. yeah, yeah. And then Fraser starts saying that you know she checked Sam out, like she made sure that she didn't have anything on her neck, like there shouldn't be any reason why she was you know invaded by a Gould. And then she goes, well, but there was something on the back of her neck or in the back of her throat, 
when I checked her out, and they realized that you can they they can also attach themselves to the back of the throat because you can still get to the brainstem from there, mm-hmm. which is kind of frightening. To the it should, should should be frightening to everyone. That well, know. and Jack pointed out she was doing mouth to mouth. Yeah, he yes. realized he goes, "Oh God!" Like yeah. that realization where it's all like finally piecing together. This is where we start. This is where we maybe finally get like our our, our coordination on what should happen when people come back out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Have to get MRIs or ultrasounds or something mm-hmm. other than being checked out, mm-hmm. which is good. Keeping people from coming back with ghouls is although. We can look at like, the long-term effects of having what, weekly MRIs. I don't know how yeah, often. I was going to say, it has to be. <laughs> it has, they it have to decide on idea. ultrasound. It's got to be ultrasound because <laughs> I don't think MRI is going to fly. Well, plus MRIs are expensive yeah. To, yeah. to run. Yeah. It's a big expensive machine to get and they're expensive to use. And mm-hmm. ultrasound, not so much. But yeah. <laughs> And I they guess definitely choose ultrasound yeah. is what we're going to say. Although, why can't they use Teal'c? He's like a human go-out detector. Why not just yeah, not everyone? Yet. Not yet. Everyone walk by through. But not yet. T- but moving forward, now we know. Why wasn't the next question from Fraser? Teal'c, the fuck? You got Aquita in your blood. What's the deal? We haven't established that he has Aquita yeah. in his blood. Oh, that's very annoying. <laughs> but he has it now. Why wasn't Teal'c like? You know, I did feel a tingling. Because it exactly. didn't fit into the plot. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Especially because he and Jack carried Sam through the, like, they had their arms around both of them. She mm-hmm. was between them. So you could have, I, I was going to make the argument that Cassie hugged her and maybe you needed to be, like, that close. But Teal'c was in very close proximity <laughs> to her. Well, this is, like, our second critique of the episode. We have questions okay, about yes. Teal'c. Okay. I mean, there are, there are always going to be, you know, questions about continuity yes. in, this, in this show, just because... They're doing their best. <laughs> we can't decide what's going to happen and what's not going to happen. <laughs> That's true. Which is fine. All shows have that. Very true. We're just nitpicking because... No show is perfect. Exactly. Well, I mean, this show's kind of perfect. It's pretty close. It's pretty close. So then they start wondering what happened, or what, what did... How do I refer to Sam in this episode? However It doesn't, doesn't matter. Okay. All right, cool. So they start discussing, you know... Poss- the possibility of uh, Sam planting some sort of device on the base or getting intel or, you know, trying to somehow sabotage the SGC um, by being there. Yeah. So they so they mentioned they're like, what the heck was a global doing in a Nasian man? Like, mm-hmm. that, that makes no sense. And there is a little bit, this is kind of our first hint. Well, maybe not our first hint, but this is a strong hint towards maybe this isn't your typical Goa'uld. Mm-hmm. Because there's no way, like, a Gwawold wouldn't, like, just be an Anassian man acting like an Anassian man. Like, right. when Gwawolds show up, they make you do what they want. Right. And they don't blend in. <laughs> right. And I like that they kind of also, like, the logic all kind of makes sense. Like, from the first briefing of, like, why was the Anassian, like, why were they attacked? And then, oh, and because they thought maybe it was, like, a revenge thing. Like, they thought it had something to do with them. And so now that they know there's a Gwawud on base, they think, okay, what has it done to our base? Like, mm-hmm. this is some kind of plot to, like, infiltrate us. This is revenge. This is something to do with us. So, like, the concept of there being any other reason is just, like, not possible for them. It has something to do with, with them. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of end that scene with Hammond and Tilk start talking about it. Tilk saying that, she could have possibly planted something on the base, something to blow up the base. And Hammond asks asks Teal'c to, you know, lead the expedit, like the 
the finding the fact find the the finding mission <laughs> uh-huh. oh, search for the search thank you god <laughs> <laughs> huh. lead the search and possibly locate whatever it is that they planted can we talk about how close hammond was to teal when he gave that order <laughs> i was very uncomfortable with the lack of personal space between them i was like my god step back that's in your that's in your face like Tilk was looking down and like was close and like there was a kiss happening there as well there was something happening there um, and then Daniel, of course, has to say, what are we going to do about Sam? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you we have it? Yep. What are we going to do about Sam? We're going to get that damn thing out of her is what we're going to do. Well, that, that didn't really work with Kowalski. And if any of those NID guys like Colonel Mayborn find out about this, then... Well, they're not going to. Right, General? Agreed. I'm not giving up on Captain Carter either. Papa Hammond! <laughs> Like, guys. <clears throat> go on, Jess. You want to go? I, do it. Do it. No, say no, I have no. no words. Jack spoke the words. Mm-hmm. He's very adamant. <laughs> he, yes. Yeah, there's no giving up on Sam. We're getting the damn thing out of her. Like, he... And I will take the shipper goggles off because I love it from, like, just a Jack character perspective. Like, he lost Kowalski to a old. They've lost Share. They've lost Skara. He is going to be damned if he loses... Carter to one of these things again. Now, yeah, put your shipper goggles back on because oh my god, <laughs> uh, I love them. Well, and it's interesting because Daniel really sounds very resigned. When yeah, he's like what are we gonna do about Sam? Yeah, like he, well, yeah, yeah un- understandably uh, yeah. so. They have had zero success so far. Well, the Thor's only hammer thing they had was Thor's hammer, and they destroyed it. Oopsies. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and, I mean, we know we can't surgically remove it, so there's really no way to get it out of her, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. really, without killing her. So mm-hmm. I mean, he's very adamant about not killing her. Yep. So yes. yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then Hammond puts Jack in charge of interrogating Sam, Ugh, which is just mm-hmm. he's not excited about that. No, order. Oh, no. He looks like he was like getting sent to the gallows, like. That's like his worst nightmare. Uh-huh. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. There's so much here. The the acting <laughs> so 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 not only, you know, was what was the voice acting great there, but even like RDA's face, the way oh. like he just looks so like his whole face like falls. Yeah. When he realizes that he has to go in there and go do it. Because I mean, Daniel can't do it. Tilt can't do it. Mm-mm. I wrote down he looks wrecked. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's pretty wrecked this whole episode. Yeah. To be fair. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then, so then we cut from the briefing room to back to the hospital. We're back at the hospital again. Um, uh, I forgot what this guy's name is. Doctor Jacobs. 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 Yes. Jacobs. Oh, I was close. Doctor mm-hmm. Jacobs. Uh, goes to check on the badly burned man. Burning that man. Is, <laughs> They go, he goes to check on him and, uh, to do an ultrasound or something. He brings an ultrasound machine in there. It looked like an ultrasound machine. It looked like an ultrasound machine. Um, Oh, yeah, it it was, because Janet puts the gel away later when she comes back in. What, what was, can you use that on a burn victim? You sure can't. Maybe on, like, maybe there was a little bit of not burned skin (laughs) and they were gonna... (laughs) On eighty percent of your body, that's Check, a lot of. Stuff. They were checking that one patch of <laughs> right. of your body. 
because yeah, because you got to put the gel on, and I have to think you don't want to be putting that gel right and then rubbing it around with it. It's not good on a burn victim. I don't no. think we have quite. Maybe it was an EEG machine. Maybe, but like, so when Janet comes back in because the doctor got interrupted mid thing, she, she like picks up. up. It's like the gel, the ultrasound gel, and puts it hmm. back on the thing. Well, Maybe she, she was up picking the ultrasound up thing, whatever the the little wand. The, the little wand. wand. That's a good question. I don't. The medicine in this episode is not great. <laughs> keep keep going. I'm going to so Google. Let's just move <laughs> past it, maybe. So anyway, he goes over to the bedside, and then all of a sudden, the burn man reaches his arm out and, like, grabs him by the throat. Mm-hmm. And then I assume he died. Ah, but he was alive I, I don't later. think he did, so... I, I have an answer for our ultrasound question. Okay, yes. So you would use ultrasound, and the reason you do it is so you can measure relative perfusion in the skin. And theoretically, the infrared radiation emitted from a burn um, should decrease with increasing burn depth due to higher degrees of, like, um, vascular damage. So basically, you you would use it to assess level of burn. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Thanks, Google. So, everyone, you learned a new fact about medicine today and there you can use ultrasound mist therapy to clean a burn wound the more you learn the more the more you know all right sorry keep going and then we then skip to we're still in the hospital and daniel is visiting one of the survivors i did not write her name down i don't even talia yeah talia he talks to talia he just kind of starts um he shows her he shows her a picture not yet it's later that he shows later okay he's just talking to her Okay, so yeah, he just goes in and kind of introduces himself and talk, you know, and inter- you know talks to her or whatever, and then we cut back to the locker room, which a lot of meaningful scenes happen in the locker room uh-huh. between Teal and well, Jack and Sam. <laughs> yes, I didn't realize it started this early on. <laughs> that bench has seen so much. So yeah, so uh, it's just where Teal goes to comfort Jack and Sam when they lose each other. <laughs> the comfort bench. So Jack's in there. He's just sitting there staring off into space, you know. In front of Carter's locker. In front of Carter's locker. I Um, did not. (laughs) I cannot believe. Is he really in front of Carter's locker? Yes. Yes. Oh my God. (laughs) How did I miss that? I thought it was just like a general locker. Well, I'm so mad at myself. It's really grainy. I think all of their lockers are right there, but the way that the shot was framed, he's sitting on the bench and you see her name on the locker behind him. Yeah, so like so, incredible. So, 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 so I just I'm facing you, right? The locker's like over here. Okay, I have to go. I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna go back. You see the locker like when you pan in. Anyway, um. <laughs> incredible. I can't believe I missed that. I'm so mad at myself. I'm making. <laughs> I'm making a note. <laughs> I wrote that he was brooding in front of her locker. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so he's he's you know has it ha- he he's brooding in front of her locker. You can tell he's trying to like muster up the energy to go into the room that she's in the like the cell holding cell yeah holding cell area and then you just see teal you know open the door and he slowly walks in as teal does <laughs> <laughs> you know looks at jack and tells him that this is difficult which i mean it's pretty difficult you know. understatement Und- understatement, understatement. <laughs> yeah okay i just want to say that jack is very soft when he's talking to teal throughout this whole thing mm-hmm like, his voice is quiet. He's kind of, like, inside, like, a little bit inside of himself, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can tell he's worried that they might not possibly get Sam back, mm-hmm. which 
it's a very legitimate concern. It's a very legitimate concern. I mean, I think everyone's thinking it. They've been through this before, and it hasn't worked out very well. Um, and then Tilk starts giving Jack advice about how to interrogate the uh, Jolinar, essentially, telling him to uh, insult uh, their ego and yeah, like mm-hmm. insult their like uh, intelligence, intelligence like appeal to their arrogance. Yes, thank you. And then he says, as Jack gets up and starts kind of walking away to the door, he goes, when you talk to her, don't see your friend. So, I have it. When you speak to her, do not see your friend. How do you do that? (laughs) Oh, it's so... That's romance music in the background, okay? Like, I know... (laughs) I don't, I don't, I don't mean that in like necessarily like a sexual romance way, right, like, no. but, but like that is like interpersonal, like drama music, like you know what I mean? Like that's mm-hmm. a very particular type of mood you're trying to set there, like this melancholy, like breakup, sense of doom, but like wistful. It's doing a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also like Tilk is saying like. Do not see your friend. Like, he could have said, do not see our friend. Or, like, do not see, like, Samantha Carter. Carter. Or, like, as you knew her. Like, it's just a very, like, pointed piece of advice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So then we cut to Sam. She's in a cell. Um, There's, like, lasers there. Lasers? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I don't know what those lasers are doing, but they're there. They are. I think that they're there for, like... Like sensor mo- sensors like so yeah like, like motion because like because like, like, like how they do just like ripped open the bars or whatever i'm assuming you gel can do the same thing oh that's a good so, point so they're probably there just to let everyone know that you know hey she broke out we need to like what if they're like coordinate <laughs> as she sees on a budget they're like fake lasers so like it's just <laughs> I mean, like two happens. red lights <laughs> all right now tokra if you touch that or uh, <laughs> gold if you touch that laser <laughs> we don't know if she's a token. It's yet, a sorry. bluff. <laughs> it's a bluff, yeah. Look, they just hired three new SG teams, so like t- money's tight. They can't afford the fancy <laughs> security lasers. Then we cut to the door. Jack comes in the door, tells the SF to get, you know, basically. I mean, he kind of gestures, like, and the SF kind of leaves. <laughs> They're used to seeing Sam and Jack alone in rooms. <laughs> 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 Thirty seconds. <laughs> oh man! Then we have Jack start talking to Jolinar. He kind of tries to insult her, kind of like, "Hey, look, we caught you!" Like he says, "You really blew it." <laughs> yeah, he blew it big time. Subtle, Jack. Yeah. Subtle. It's insulting <laughs> the ego. <laughs> it's also just like to me, it didn't read like a full-hearted attempt, like. Jack, it was you, a half-assed. Attempt. You can quip much better. I've seen you antagonize Gold much better than that. <laughs> and then <coughs> Jill and R responds, and it's, it's kind of like you have no idea what what's even going on here. Yeah, like, you don't know why I'm here. You don't know who I am. You mm-hmm. just assume who I am. And she immediately sees what he's doing. Yeah, too. yeah. <laughs> I like that it's like the combined powers of Jolinar, like being like go all old, like arrogant and smart. And then like Sam's smartness, but also like knows Jack. And like because she can see that perspective of Sam, there's Jack had no chance, like just <laughs> no chance. So, yeah, so Jolinar's like, you know, 
this isn't gonna work on me. You don't know what you're talking about. And then we cut back to Jack, and Jack's like, and I'm sure you don't want to tell me. Yep. And then she goes and sits in the dark on her bunk bed. Yeah. And with like, her knees pulled up. Her arms <laughs> yeah. And, like, Actually, if I could interrupt super quickly. So the illustrated guide interviewed uh, Amanda Tapping about that scene. And she says, I found that really hard. I just remember stillness and being really dark. And she said, I was in a very dark place. And it was particularly difficult to do the scene where Sam first comes into the gate room raging because I'd never played and never shown that type of anger with Carter. The tossing O'Neill aside part was a lot of fun. But for the most part, it was very difficult. Michael... Christopher and Richard were trying to make me laugh in the darkest scene because each of them had an individual moment with me and they tried to lighten it for me. She says, I just remember trying to get a different physicality for her. And I mean, it, it worked. Like, totally. She succeeded. You, could, you totally. could totally tell the difference between Sam and her. Like, yeah. It's night and day. Yeah. And I do think that the lighting in that scene was interesting because like when she goes and sits down on the bed, like the way the lighting is, like the way the bed like covers up half her face. Yeah. Like, the shadow covers up half her face. That was interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't, it might have nothing to do with anything. No, it's like it's like kind of like reinforcing that like split idea of like yeah. Sam and and Jill and I are in this one body. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it was a coincidence, and we're just reading too much. Into yeah, it. I mean, which could be that. So then we cut back to the hospital. Daniel is talking to Talia. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. Talia, and um, Daniel shows. Uh, her a photo of a man and she goes oh yes that's my husband you know i know you know who that is and daniel's like okay well did he act any different like in the last couple months you know was he the same you know did anything tip you off about anything you know or whatever and she's like no he was the same you know just doing what he does to clarify this is the man that sam was doing cpr CPR thank you cpr guy good call guys (laughs) i just thought we'd clarify that that's a random guy it's a random guy um (laughs) It was, it was RDA, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, she just keeps saying, no, he was normal, he was fine. And then Daniel, he seems, I don't want to say agitated, but frustrated maybe that he's surprised. More helpful, more surprised. And then, I don't know, just then he seems to be forceful with her. Like he didn't act any different, he didn't do anything different, you know, I don't know. And then. Well, he asked if she had any, he had any scars. Oh, yes. Which he did. Which he did. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which she is, said it was oh, months ago. Yeah. Right. And then nothing had changed. And I think... Which, that's a hint. Like, yeah. that's a clue. And I think that's... I think, like, the agitation you're picking up on is, like, because da- that doesn't jive with what they know about a gold. So, like... Right. Mm-hmm. So, Daniel's, like, searching for, like, the puzzle piece to make everything fit because, from what, like we said earlier, when a gold takes a host... It is like doom and gloom. You're going to do what I tell you. And now you're sitting here and you're face to face with somebody who's saying that their husband was infested or infected for months and their behavior never changed. They were never violent. They were never different. And so like that doesn't jive with what we know about gold. Yeah. I, I mean, because what Teal said earlier is very true. They, they, he mentions that their arrogance is their big, biggest weakness. Like a gold can't help itself like as soon as it takes a host it's like going to try and take control and power over whatever it can like whatever is around them and so this is very weird and also upsetting like when when you when the enemy you're facing is now completely different and you have to revise your how you think of them then it, it also makes things more difficult for you yeah and then they're no closer to helping sam because now we don't know anything other than this gold has been like in hiding on this Nassian planet for four months. Right. Uh-huh. And then we come back 
we cut back to we're still in the hospital. Um, mm-hmm. We see Bandage Man. That's yes. that's his name. I don't I don't think he doesn't have a name. So his name is Bandage. He's Man. just the Ashrak. <laughs> um, he's just kind of walking around, going to different people. He's dressed up as a doctor. Well, first oh, he, he kills. Takes his bandage. First he takes his bandages off. And spits the... Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Which was so gross. So gross. (laughs) Well, at first, so when that first happens, so, like, when he's standing in front of the mirror and he kind of, like, visibly, like, does, like, like the little shrug thing or whatever, like, the throw-up thing. I thought, like, somehow the the ghoul inside of him was, like, maybe dying or something was happening with the ghoul. Much worse. And all of a sudden it just, like, spits out into the sink. Yep. It's like a mini hand device. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, like an assassin hand device. Uh-huh. This for for whatever reason that particular scene gave me such strong X Files vibes of just like yeah, for sure like it was like filmed in that like nineties kind of grainy style that I always associate with the X Files for some reason there's something freaky happening in a hospital like he was covered in goop covered in goop he threw up <laughs> some strange thing looking at himself in the mirror like I just got some seriously strong X Files vibes yeah. Agreed. So he gets all, you know, he cleans the hand device, he leaves, but then we, you know, zoom back into the the new bandage man that's on the bed. Uh-huh. And it's, <laughs> the, it's the doctor. Um, he has been replaced with the doctor. Which, okay, so the dude, so he has taken the doctor and Wrapped put him. bandages <laughs> on him, like full body bandages, that's the sixth time, and... Oh, and over his face, and then seemingly, although later this is a little bit contradicting, seemingly intubated him because he's got like a tube in, oh, and the yeah. monitors are reading, <laughs> and like put IVs in him <laughs> because the like, I, which I assume he would have had to do to keep the guy sedated. Like I don't know because yeah. he just kind of choked him out and he wasn't dead. So he's, maybe <laughs> he's a very talented assassin. He's got many yeah. skills. He went to a very good assassin school. I mean, look, dude, he tracked Sam down with like nothing. <laughs> That's so. true. That's true. Yeah. So he's, he's good at his but, job. He's a good assassin. What I find more troubling is okay, you're in Academy Air Force Hospital. You should be making rounds on your patients frequently enough that they don't have time to to wrap a human being, intubate them. <laughs> Get them hooked up to an IV, and then for you to like clean everything up and like assume their identity. Like the nurses, we gotta have a talk. Like that's not cool. I mean, yeah, I- that guy should have been on at least two thirty checks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like. yeah. And the 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 things had to have been on him off of his monitors. Have to have been oh, off of his body for a certain amount of time. I know the answer to this. Well, a hmm. potential answer to this. So prior to like two thousand and. Like the early 2000s, you had the ability to turn off your monitors. There was no, like, if you, like, dislodged, like, a thing or whatever, there wasn't, like, a sound system or alarm or anything. So you had to be, like, mm-hmm. actively monitoring the systems. Um, there's a cool Radio Lab podcast episode about it. You should check it out. It's oh, great. Cool. If I remember the name of it, I will. But it just it. further reinforces that the nurses definitely should have been checking Oh, out. definitely. Especially because the burn victim. Like, yeah. are you kidding me? Those are high risk. Like, high infection, high risk, high complication. Whatever. Well, but even Janet was saying that he was, like, somehow magically not being, like, not getting infected. He's actually all the more better. All the more I reason know, I, to be like, what's happening I, with this guy? <laughs> okay, that's our third critique of the episode. No more. <laughs> yeah, they only get three. So then we cut back to the Ooh. jail... <laughs> i'm so excited for this scene sorry (laughs) sorry all right buckle in everybody 
Ever put your buckles on? Come uh-huh. off your butts? Let's I'm go. buckled and butted. <laughs> uh, so we go back to the uh, Sam's interrogation. And so then my first question that popped in my head was, cause we see we see Jack, and I'm like, well, how long has he been sitting there? Mm-hmm. Like, like, how, like, like, has, have they just been staring at each other? Like, yes. what? what? <laughs> He's getting his last fill. Oh my god. Now I'm thinking Romeo and Juliet. Oh god. Eyes look your last. <laughs> yes. So Joel and R offers to send Sam back if he lets them go. Says that he'll send Sam back in one piece. She'll all be there. Just, if you let me leave now, and I can leave, and go get a new host, and Sam will come back to you. No harm will come to her. Whatever. And so then Jack, his interest is piqued. He gets up, walks closer to the to the bars, says, you can leave a host without killing them? You know, Joel and I was like, I, it's possible. I could die. But it's possible. Again, new information just being dropped left, right, and center. Like, all right, <laughs> uh-huh. cool. <laughs> and then he brings up the Nassian man. He's like, well, you know, you killed the Nassian man. And John, I was like, well, the Nassian man was already dead before. I, that's why I had to jump into Sam because he was dying. So I needed to find a new host, which is fair. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, I mean, it's she's planting this seed of like doubt. And obviously it's true. Like we know this to be true, but it's like, okay, like, maybe you're not the bad guy we thought you were necessarily. Like, you weren't maliciously coming here. You almost seemed to have, like, hitched a ride by accident Mm -hmm. to the SGC. Mm -hmm. And then Jack goes, what were you doing in him in in the first place? And then all of a sudden, like, the conversation stops for a minute. Mm -hmm. John R. kind of backs up, goes stone-faced. It's kind of like, I'm not, we're not talking about that right now. We're talking about me leaving. Yep. Not talking about me, talking about you. (laughs) Yeah. It's, like, um, really well-written interrogation, like, an interrogation scene, because it's, like, Jill and Art were giving a little bit, but, oh, you pushed too far, so we're gonna, like, clam back up, and, like, it's actually really well-choreographed, kind of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then she changes, or, and then Jill and Art changes the subject back to Sam, mm-hmm. and it's, like, I can give you back, Sam, like, just, you know, let me leave, and she reinforces it again, like, let me leave. She'll be the same as she was. She'll be, you know, maybe even better. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> it makes me think that Joel and I picked up in something in Sam's brain, maybe, that, you know, Jack might want her safe or, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you, do you want to speak, Jess? No, no, you're saying all the words for me. <laughs> and so then Jack realizes that he's not going to get anywhere and starts making his way towards the door. <laughs> and as Jack is making his way to the door, Jolinar. Now, I've always been iffy on this. Is that Jolinar? Yes. Or is that Sam? No. Let's listen so- to it, and then we'll and then we'll okay. and then we'll discuss. Okay. Oh God, he's telling you the truth. Please, Jack. That's not Sam. That's not Sam. Oh, but poor, poor Jack, you guys. His God. face when he like he, by the door he's just, and he's looking down. Oh, it's like he's trying to block it out. And he's trying to get out fast too. Like yep. he can't get out fast enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Because at first, at first, he, he seemed somewhat okay. So like, so like, John are kind of like yell at him. Then she said his name. Mm-hmm. Not sir. Not Colonel. 
That was the first hit. And then the name came out again. And all of a sudden, he's trying to get out of there as fast as he can. Well, and, and she's like and then begging. She says, Don't leave me yeah. like this. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Well, and then a man, like a man tapping his face, goes from that panicked, desperate, like facade of Sam. And then all of a sudden, as soon as Jack leaves, it is just stone cold. Like if you were on the fence of whether or not it was Sam or not, I feel like that's yeah. that's like the knife to kind of seal things. Yeah, I think it was Jolinar. For sure. And I also think if it was Sam, I don't think she would sound that like, I mean, I don't know, maybe being possessed and coming out of possession makes you desperate. I just feel like she wouldn't. I feel like there would be no like that desperate pleading. And I don't think Mm -hmm. she would jump straight to his, if anything, to prove that it was Sam. She'd be like, sir. Like, mm-hmm, get me out of here. <laughs> she doesn't call him Jack. Yeah, like, no, yeah. That's for a different room. <laughs> or, you know, it, for when he's in danger. Yeah, sure, 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 like, sure. Super or, danger. Or, or like, something season else. seven danger. You know. <clears throat> she, yeah, I agree. I think that that, that is Jolinar's attempt to manipulate Jack. That she has picked up on. I don't know exactly what it is she's picked on, up on, but a personal connection there. And and knows that that's her best opportunity to get through to him. And I think she's not going to give control over to Sam. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And so her, so she's trying to make him believe it, but she doesn't totally understand it. Like right. she has access to the information, but she doesn't understand how that relationship and how Sam actually works. Right. Because I think you're right, Sam. I mean, she's capable of being panicked and we see her lose her cool occasionally, but that wouldn't, I don't think, I think if it really were turned over to Sam, she would be like, oh my gosh, sir, they're telling the truth. Like, yeah. she wouldn't say Jack. She wouldn't be like screaming and pleading with him. No. And and I think he probably knows that. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't hurt any less to yeah. hear someone yeah. you care about, like, scream your name and beg for help. Well, especially because as far as we've seen so far, with all of the danger they've been in, he's she's never done that. Right. We've never seen her beg for his her life, basically, to Jack. It's also like a direct parallel. Like, if Jack's tactic is to identify the weakness of the Gwal'uld, which is his arrogance and, like, insulting intelligence, then it's like Jolinar has identified that Jack's weakness is Sam. Like... Like, and that's the avenue that has to be exploited to get what Jolinar wants. So they're both trying to exploit the other's weakness. And it's just a matter of, like, who's going to crack first. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and then, so right after Jolinar's face turns back, you know, goes from pleading to, like, stone. <clears throat> she then says, what will it take? Mm-hmm. She, like, kind of says it to herself, like, oh, all right. Nice. So, like, can't get through to Jack, like, that was my best bet. So now, now what's the plan? Right. Mm-hmm. So then we cut back to the hospital. We cut back to Bandage Man. Mm-hmm. He's now dressed as a doctor. I assume he's taken the doctor's clothing. Mm-hmm. It somehow fits him perfectly. <laughs> but we're gonna. They're about we're, the same size. Sure. Uh, and then we see him using the hand device on a Nassian man uh, in a hospital bed. I find it interesting though that this device doesn't hurt them unless you're a it seems to not hurt anyone unless you're a ghoul a ghoul or maybe there's like a setting or something on it oh okay maybe well it's like mind operated so it seems he seems like he can use it to read people's minds maybe like he's Hmm. trying to figure out who the who or maybe he's just testing to see if they're 
if they're the gold, yeah, the, if they're well, the right. Tok'ra. Right, but I mean, but usually all the hand devices that we've seen, you know, they somehow hurt whomever they're mm-hmm. being used on. So I didn't, I thought that was interesting that he can yeah. just walk around and just like wave his hand over someone's face. <laughs> I, feel, do anything. I feel like there was like settings on it. I feel like there was like, I mean, I don't know if they're actually aware or not because the one device did so much. It was like, oh, I'm going to scan your brain for like signs of a symbiote. I'm going to scan your brain to like b- bamboozle you and do what I yeah. want you to do. And then I'm going to straight up just kill you. So yeah. there's like options. There was like a little okay, setting bamboozle. back there. Well, whatever he does, <laughs> that one guy, I couldn't think of the word. Bamboozle. Yeah. It's, but it is a, I mean, it's like mind control. When we learned about the, gold devices later and Seth yeah they're, they're basically just mind controlled so I don't know he can do different things with it it's magic <laughs> I mean you know it's, it's gold magic <laughs> who who knows but it's a very special Robert C. Device. Cooper knows we gotta talk to him let's do it you? tweet him okay um <laughs> I'll get right get right on that all my industry connections yeah yeah <laughs> just tweet him and see what happens uh huh um I'll do it. Uh, mm. no. <laughs> <laughs> We've said too many disparaging things about writers on this <laughs> podcast. But not him. That's true. Happened. Not him. Not him. Where are we? Oh, uh, so <clears throat> we're back in the interrogation room. Cause that's what I'm going to call it now. Jail cell room, interrogation room. Um, Tilt got called in by Jolinar. And I don't remember how the beginning of this went. I have the Tari part. That's pretty much it. Yeah, okay. just so, so she praises the Tari for, um, you know, being able to become technolo- technologically evolved enough to be a somewhat threat to the Gould. That they've come far from where they were when they were ruled by the Gould. But she says that she can also provide information on how to defeat them. Um, and then Teal counters and says, well, they already have. So we don't really need your help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and she's like, well, that's more reason that you need my help because they're going to come back and they're going to come back stronger than they already did. Which, based on other information we have of them, is actually a reasonable assumption. Right. Yeah. I like that they do every once in a while, like, put ev- like all of our weekly adventures in the context of, like, a bigger, like, political, like, uh, galaxy political like stage yeah like like don't forget like okay like the gold have like their own like political system they're out there like trying to conquer the galaxy earth is like posing a certain threat like they're not we're not we're joining this kind of like stage kind of and i like that every once in a while like in between the fun like monster of the week style episodes we get that like reminder that we're in like a bigger picture Mm-hmm. And then John R. states that not all Gould are the same. Uh, there are some who oppose the system lords, um, and they are the Tok'ra. Yay! First mention <laughs> yeah. of the Tok'ra. And, and Teal kind of looks shocked for a second because, like, it's like he's heard he's heard of the Tok'ra before, but I don't think he believes that they actually exist. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time he's ever heard of them existing. Um, or seeing one, or, you know, hearing of someone who's talked to one. Doesn't he say, it's like, I've never met one, and Jolner goes, well, now you have. (laughs) (laughs) Jolner has got jokes. Oh, and then she introduces herself, uh, she says that she is a Tok'ra, and she introduces herself as Jolner of Mokshur? Mokshur. Mokshur. 
I was walking around my kitchen, like, when you live alone, you just do weird things. I don't know. But, like, you just, like, repeat weird things that just, like, stick in your brain. And something about, like, the way I am Jolinar Makshor. I was, like, walking around my, I was, like, I was cooking bread. And I was just, like, I am Jolinar Makshor. I just, like, kept walking around saying it. I just really enjoyed it. Jolinar uh, and then Luxor. I believe we cut back to the hospital. Yeah, uh, the doc kind of just storms out. <laughs> yeah, he just kind of leaves. He's like, "Okay, yeah. bye." I have to go tell people of what I've just heard. Yeah, the bandaged man is still checking on people. Um, he's still randomly picking uh, nasty people out to just check and see if they're a ghoul. And then he almost actually runs smack into Daniel mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because he was still kind of like doing his little thing, and Daniel kind of walks up. Wasn't he like? Wasn't he scanning Talia? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. He was getting Talia. And then Daniel almost caught him. He almost got caught. Well, Daniel, like, sees him, but, like, there's no there's no frame of reference. So Daniel sees this doctor being a real dick with bad <laughs> bedside manner because the doc just goes, yeah, she's doing fine and bounces. And Daniel's like, well, that was rude. And, like, that was it. There's no other, like, reason to, to like, notice him. Yeah. Fair enough. For now. <laughs> and then we cut to Janet in the middle of the hallway. She is talking about some medical jargon that I didn't write down. And um, then she asks one of the nurses, I'm assuming, that's passing by that has a whole bunch of files that they have the file on the burn victim. Well, so first she asks if anyone's seen Dr. Jacobs. Yeah. Oh. But yes, then she asks. For then the she file. asks about the uh, folder and then she opens it. And then quickly shuts it and immediately like runs to the door. I need to know. I want to know what it said. What it was that tipped her off, like, (laughs) and his blood work because that's what she asked for. Yeah, blood work. So like, what was it? But what was it? Maybe it was like a different blood type. I don't know. But like, maybe it was a different blood type. But then like, why leap to that's not him rather than maybe there's a lab error. I don't know. Or like she remembered that one patient's blood type right. off the top of her right. head. Was it like there was there some marker in yeah. their blood that they found because yeah. they're aliens? Yeah. I, I don't know, but I mean, something she saw. It, it was something. I thought it was flimsy. I, I really wish. I mean, obviously, <laughs> if they had said something, if she had said out loud, oh, his albumin levels are low or something like that, <laughs> that would have been like, okay, well, that was cheap cheesy and like dumb exposition but then like without it you're like what was in the file (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm I'm trying to think i like i've racked my brain like what would have been in this guy's blood (laughs) yeah oh i know old dr jacobs was taking the high dose of viagra every other day and i can see (laughs) right in there and then janet you know friends into the the room and quickly takes off the bandages off his face, which, which I find also interesting. Yeah, you can't she do that to a burn victim, right? So like, you're really taking a gamble that like whatever you saw was correct. Otherwise, you're about to severely injure this patient. Well, she also just pulls the tube right out of his mouth, yeah. which was just sitting on his lips. So he clearly wasn't actually intubated. intubated. So so the ashrak didn't intubate no. the guy, which begs the question, what was the ventilator doing? Right. I, right. Well and also and like, what were the nurses yeah. doing checking on him? Wow, he's breathing great. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, Janet found Dr. J- Janet Janet found Doctor Dr. Jacob. Yeah. This is why we shouldn't have like I work at a hospital, Chelsea, your husband is a doctor, and you've also worked in medical settings, like we're don't try and sneak shitty medical shit by us. 
But yes, Janet has figured it out. Sorry, Mel. Keep going. You're good. No, and that that's it. I'm done. Oh. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And scene. And scene. Uh, yeah, so then we go back to the SGC, and Teal'c is telling Jack about the legend of the Tok'ra. Mm-hmm. And he, he explains that there there's a legend of these Gwawuld that oppose the system lords. And he's so he it's something that he had heard of, but was sort of thought of as a as a legend. And so then we get this fun little exchange. Can you be sure he is who he says he is? I cannot. Unfortunately, we do not carry identification. <laughs> Sassy Jolinar. I'm telling you, Jolinar's got jokes. Yep. It, I mean, and the reality is that, of course, they have no way of verifying mm-hmm. this, but we do know that they're like that. It is something that it maybe exists. So Jack tells Jolinar he wants to build trust between them, and so he tells her that there was this burned guy that from uh, Nasia, the Anasian guy that was burned, and that now he's missing. And she says it is the Ashrak. Mm-hmm. And Jack turns to Teal'c and he says, it's a hunter. And so then we find out that there's this guy, this Ashrak, which is a high-ranking assassin sent by system lords to kill their enemies. Mm-hmm. So that's not great. No. So then we go to the briefing room and Teal'c is briefing them about the Ashrak and what an Ashrak is. He says that Jolinar tried to defeat a system lord. Like, so he... It almost sounds like he's... I don't know if they got this information from Jolinar and he pieced it together with his knowledge... Because he said that Jolinar tried to defeat a system lord and then Apophis joined forces with the system lord and defeated her. And so she's a wanted Goa'uld. And then he mentions that the Tok'ra are basically the Goa'uld resistance and that Braytak had mentioned them mm-hmm. to him. So there there are hints of them existing. Like, it's probably not completely fabricated by Jolinar. Right. And so Hammond is understandably skeptical. But they haven't found any tampering on the base. They found no evidence that Jolinar has planted some kind of device to destroy them. Yeah. And isn't Hammond the one who was like, you know, it could be a lie. Like, he could be, like, spinning it. And and Jack definitely seems to be on the side of believing it because he's like, it's quite a spin. Like, that seems mm-hmm. like a little far-fetched. Yeah, it's quite a tale to, to come up with. Yeah. And so then they mentioned that Jolinar was hiding in the Nasium and that she wasn't like there for some horrible evil purposes. She was hiding out. Right. So then Hammond basically asks, so where are we? Like, what what does this mean? What's the next step? Yeah. And basically Jack says, well, there is a gold assassin out there that wants to kill Carter. Yeah. So mm-hmm. not great. Where we are at is in a shitty place. Is and like, I also kind of interpreted that as like, there is a gold assassin out there who's trying to kill Carter and there is no other option, but we're protecting Carter. Like, yeah, like there is no other answer other than like, all right, we, this person that we have in the cell is inhabiting Carter's body. They're not good. They're not going to die on my watch. So like, we're going to stop interrogation and like kind of move into like protection mode in some way. Yeah. And then he points out that we don't even know what he looks like. So there's yeah. an assassin on the loose. We don't know what he looks also like. Also like a very dramatic reveal. Because, like, Dale goes to, like, the observation window and, like, his reflections in the window. And he just kind of, like, <laughs> solemnly says, and we don't even know what he looks like. He could be anybody. <laughs> and it's like, all right. A little heavy-handed there, Daniel, but all right. Uh, yeah, so then so then we go back to the hospital. And they're basically shuttling the Nassian patients back out of the hospital. And we see the... Uh, 
Ashrak, who is dressed as a doctor, and he asks one of the one of the soldiers, "Hey, what's going on? Are you taking these people back to their home?" And the guy's like, "Yeah, something like that." That's pretty much it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, actually, I even skipped ahead a little bit. Basically, we just cut back to the hospital and see that they're loading people up. So then Daniel and Teal are talking to Jolinar in the cell. And so they come in, or T- Daniel comes in, and she said, and Jolnar says, you care about Samantha Carter as much as O'Neill and Tilk. And, and it's more of a statement than a question. Yeah. But Daniel does affirm that, yes, he does. And she says, but this is your first visit to see what's going on with her. And he says he's there to get the Ashrak description that he wants to know who they're looking for. And she says she doesn't know, or they say. Jolinar says mm-hmm. they don't know. And, but that the Ashrak will kill both of them. That it'll kill Sam and Jolinar. Yeah. And that letting, letting Jolinar go is the only chance to save Samantha Carter. But Daniel's like, you got to give me more than empty promises. Yeah. We can't just let you go because then we lose Sam. Right. And Jolinar then, of course, pushes the, the button that she can push, which is that she knows where Shari is. And that. And everything changes after that. To me, it feels like Daniel's now like, all right, there's like something else on the table now. Like I was worried about Sam, but now there's something extra on the table that we have to take into consideration in all of this. Yeah. Also, just kind of like go back to like Jill and I's like, like this whole theme of like finding your weakness and exploiting it. It's like, okay, Tilk like wants like the resistance and like Tilk like as a Jaffa is like maybe more amenable to like listening about like a resistance force against the system lords. And now we're with Daniel and like his weak spot is going to be Share. So like all of these things happen to be true, but it's also very good tactics on Jolinar's part, because if we're kind of going back to what Teal'c's advice was for interrogation, which is like poke at the weakness, like Jolinar's hitting bullseyes, like left, right and center. She is also, I think it is interesting to point out that, she also hit the nail on the head of like Daniel supposedly cares a lot about Sam and yet that was his first visit. Yeah. And I think that we, it's a little bit kind of glossed over, but there is this through the through line of this episode that Daniel, this hits hard for Mm -hmm. Daniel Mm -hmm. because, because it reminds him of Shari and he also really cares about Sam and he cannot bear to see Sam as as a gold. And so I think that's part of what's happening as well. I don't think we're meant to assume that Daniel is just being an ass. Yeah. Yeah. And and so I th- I think that's interesting too. And I think you're right. Jolinar absolutely plays them beautifully. And she has information on them in S- Sam's memories yeah. to be able to do that. Yeah. So then we go back to the hospital. The Nazians are being loaded up. The Ashrak gets into the truck with and the truck driver's like uh who are you <laughs> he's like i'm john Adams. i laughed so hard at that part i don't know why but it was the combination of like the very simple name john adams in combination with him pointing at his name tag <laughs> and just like I'm, i yeah that just really tickled me and then the driver's like no, no you're, you're not, not. <laughs> like i know john you're not him and then he gets whammied oh, yes trouble bamboozled <laughs> yep and so then he just goes back to driving so he didn't kill the truck driver there's various things like so he knocks out the doctor and puts him in his place he seems to be like mind reading the other nasty and he doesn't kill them like we see talia later i, mm-hmm. I think 
it, but then he mind controls the the truck driver, but he kills people later at the SGC. So he's he's, he's got different uh, strategies. Yeah, I forgot he killed people at the SGC because I was gonna say like maybe he's only like when the you get contracted out by the gold as an assassin, you're only allowed to kill like the person that you're supposed to be killing. But yeah, that, maybe he's a very considerate assassin. <laughs> He definitely kills some people he only, down the line. He only kills when he has to kill. He's actually the good guy in all of this. He's really misunderstood. Mm, okay. <laughs> uh, so then we go to Hammond's office where Jack and Teal'c and Daniel and Hammond are trying to decide what they should believe that Jolinar's telling them. So Jack warns Daniel that the that it's that the Share thing is a ploy. Yeah. And and honestly, we don't actually even know. Like yeah. We do know Jolinar is a Tok'ra, but we also know that she was a pretty, a Tok'ra that was pretty willing to do what had to be done. Mm -hmm. And so she may have no idea where Shari is. I mean, she, she does have the possibility of like maybe being able to find out where she is. But I think Jack warning Daniel off on that one is, is pretty fair. Yeah. But, but Teal believes Jolinar. But so then apparently there was more conversation after the, what we saw because Daniel has all this other information. He says that Tok'ra don't take unwilling hosts. Mm -hmm. and, and Jack's like, uh, Sept Carter. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Which is, it's pretty hard sell as yeah. a Tok'ra to be like, we don't take unwilling hosts, except the first time you've ever met one of us. Yeah, was, yeah. <laughs> that was an exception. Talk we about don't your bad, like, bad first impressions. Like, <laughs> Also, yeah. Jack is very much like, it ain't ever going to happen. I ain't ever going to trust a gold. I don't care how good they say they are. No, never going to happen. And let's be fair. He's pretty consistent on that pretty much the whole series. Very much like so. Jacob and being happened Maybe a little time? more too. Happened one time? No, don't talk about it. it I can't talk about it. one time? I can't talk about it. I can't. Just, you're going to have to watch it. I don't. Again. That one, <laughs> that it. in 2010, no. I can't. You, ha you, you have to watch I'm Wait, which one? I'm going to be sick. Abyss? Abyss. When, because oh. Carter asked him to take the the gold right. for her. We watched Emancipation. Come on. This is a different, that's like yeah, hate yeah. watching. This is like hurt me watching. Like <laughs> 2010 and Abyss are my God, two. I love 2010. I wanted. Those are my two listen, absolute no goes. Never rewatch it. I want to discuss 2010 with you. Like I want to discuss it. Like have a discussion. Well. We'll get there. We'll I get know. there. We're a ways off on that I one. I know, I know, but I'm just... <sighs> Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Right. So basically, Daniel explains that Carter was an extreme measure because she, because Jolinar's host had died and she needed a host right then, didn't have time to go through the process of like... Informed consent. consent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, but that she wants to leave Sam and... There's a little bit, I think, of an assumption of she wants to leave Sam partly because she doesn't want to be in an unwilling host. Mm. And so Jack is like, well, then how do they get hosts? And Daniel explains that they find dying humans who want to live longer and they agree to share their body with a with a symbiote, basically. And that it actually is like they are called a symbiote. It's actually more of a symbiotic relationship here with humans with humans who choose that. And Jack is not buying it. Nope. He's never buying it. Nope. He does, nope. is just like, nope, mm -mm. nope, nope, nope. Mm -mm. And then 
this conversation has ended because Hammond gets a call about the Nassians arriving at the at the SGC. Yeah. And so then we pop up to the security, which I think this is one of the only times we see it. There's like this long corridor with this little stand and the soldiers are walking in and they're like scanning their palm prints Mm. under this thing. And then it'll like glow green and there's one dude, just one guy standing there. It's like, go ahead, go ahead. (laughs) And then the Ashrak walks in and he he has his hand device on and the dude's like, what's that? And he's like, well, what do you see? And and like... (laughs) I love that he goes like, it's a ring. Like, Uh all right. Again, the gold got some jokes this time around. Like, we got a little sass here. We're very impatient. This has been a long assassin hunt. Yeah. So then he he puts his hand under the thing. It does, it buzzes red, but then he he goes in anyway. And then he goes into the security room where all the the video feeds are for the security cameras. Can I just say something real quick? You would think... A secure facility like facility like that would have more than a like if the palm reader doesn't work, even if someone waves you in, there has to be other safeguards. Like that can't be the only safeguard. We have more like, safeguards at the hospital to get up into <laughs> our office. We have yeah. to go through three different security checkpoints with two different badges. I'm just saying there has to be better like there has to be more security measures. You I can't agree. scan your palm and it not work. Still get say, hey, it's cool, we'll go through. Do you know what this is? This is budget cuts. We hired again three new teams. Something <laughs> had to go. We ran the Stargate a lot last month, and <laughs> the second security team was um was furloughed essentially for the next mm-hmm. two months to recoup the cost of having the Stargate open. Okay, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll take it. I'll take it. Or maybe they were like recovering the cost from uh oh my god, what's his name? Kinsey. Nope, the other one. Davis? Nope. Yes? No. Uh, uh, no. Um, uh, I don't know who you're referring uh, to. Help me. The guy from the first episode. Um, um, the guy who made the stupid bomb. Kinsey's dude. Oh. The guy who made the stupid bomb. Oh, later? Samuels. Samuels. Samuels is who Samuels. I'm thinking of. Oh. 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 Samuels with his, <laughs> don't worry, his go-old <laughs> buster. <laughs> Isn't that called I, it? I, I thought you were talking about the one where uh, the dude comes and threatens Hammond's family. Oh, no, 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 no. I was thinking about... Probably almost blows up the planet. I was thinking about Samuels and his gold buster, and they probably are also (laughs) recovering costs from that fiasco. From the bomb that yeah. didn't work? Uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. That's, that's the one. And you see, that's what happens. Now we have Gaul'uds on base, all because we had a Gaul'ud buster. Okay? Mm -hmm. You gotta think. Yep. Because that's linear. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> so, yeah so the ashrak goes into the security room and it's like what's up boys like just chatting yeah. with the guys blending yep and then we go to the gate room where we're prepping to send the nassians through the gate and then we go there's a from here to the end of the episode it is bouncing. all over the place bouncing all <laughs> over the place so then it's in the security room with the ashrak watching jolinar so he's found jolinar on the screen and then as he walks out, you see that he's incapacitated the soldiers in that room. It's unclear if they're dead or just incapacitated. Let's so, go with incapacitated. Yeah, I think they're incapacitated. But my, my question now becomes, how does the Ashrak know that Jolinar is at the SGC? Like, how does he decide that, hey, and I'm going to steal this identity? In Talia's head. What? I don't know. He was reading all the Nassia. But Talia didn't, didn't meet. No, didn't. She know. knew. She knew that her husband had been. 
But then how did she know, how did he know that that Sam, that Sam had done CPR? And right. like, there's a bit of a gap there of like, and then like, <laughs> and then like once you got into the feed room or the video because, feed room. Because all the Nassians were going back to the SGC. Right? That's why he went back to the SGC is because the Nassians were all going back. He thought which it is, was one of the Nassians. Uh, which is fair. Okay. But then how did okay. he know based on the video feed that. I assume because she was in custody. But maybe that was just, I guess you could just, you're just assuming, but it's like that, maybe that's just some random prisoner. Like we're on a military base. Like, well, I mean, the worst thing you can do is go check out the prisoner. I mean, yeah, he very, he does. That's true. I don't know. Okay. Fourth critique. That's it. Well, I, I mean, we, we don't know exactly what his process was, but I thought that the point of him like scanning the Nassians and then being like, oh, these guys are going back and making sure to go back with them. He thought they were among that it was among the Nassians. And when he read, if he was reading Talia's mind, he would have known that her husband had been the host to Jolinar and that she had, I don't know, maybe, I don't know how much information Daniel gave Talia. So maybe, maybe he said, like mentioned that someone on SG one gave her CPR. He gave him CPR. I don't know, but he had, it's still someone that was on that planet. I yeah, right? I know that it's on the planet and I buy that it makes sense to follow the Nassians back to the SGC. I just don't know how he made the leap from we're in the video room. And I guess you have to just assume that that person's in custody and these humans aren't dumb. So maybe that's it's not a clear He he would have had the information Antalya said that the humans were looking for Atokra. Like that they were they if he had really read Talia's mind, he would know that Daniel had been asking about a symbiote. And right. so if they were asking about a symbiote, then they would maybe already... Uh, there's there's some maybe... logic there. It just wasn't necessarily as, like, explained as it could have been. We're just... As, You're right. It wasn't he just like ho- He just hopped to the... It's the same thing as Janet reading the magical <laughs> medical report and figuring it out. Like, there's a couple of logic leaps where you're just like, okay, you know something we don't, and you got there. Whatever. Yeah. So then uh, we're in the control room and Hammond gets a call from the infirmary that one of the drivers of those trucks reported to the infirmary having blacked out. He has no memory of driving them to the SGC. So that's concerning. Mm -hmm. So Jack has them call up camera one six Delta, (laughs) which is the cell where Carter's being held. And it's static, of course, there's nothing showing. So he and Teal'c run to go check on that while Hammond calls the security to respond. I did have a little bit of a question here. So the base has been infiltrated at this point. They're calling a security response. In the background, they're dialing to send the Nassians to whatever planet they're sending them as refugees. I would think that he would maybe cancel that dialing (laughs) because you don't want an open gate when you have someone who might be trying to escape the base. Right. So I thought it was a little weird that they didn't cancel the the dialing sequence yeah. there. But they don't. It keeps going. They dial in the background. And then we go to the brig. The Ashrak has a gun and there are two guards on the ground, which we do find out later are dead. Yep. He just rips open the cell. Mm-hmm. With little sparks. Yeah. Yeah. Which then does beg the question, could Jolinar have done that? Right. Like, could she have just... Maybe she could have... Some- but like not fought her way all the way out of the base. She she needed their cooperation yeah. to open the gate, yeah. basically. So 
the Ashrak pronounces like he does this like pronounces basically that she by the order of the system lords or whatever she will die with dishonor by the power of the Harakesh which I assume <laughs> is the the hand the device thing. and then she threatens him and is like we're gonna get you and tell them you know I, I don't know why she would tell him like she thinks he's actually gonna take I her know. message back to anybody but she has a message to pass on she dies with hope yeah so Jolinar threatens him he hand devices her hand jobs and he her. like hand jobs her <laughs> I was I was saying that we needed a term for that because hand devicing is like a weird thing to make into a verb and it's awkward to say and weird to write and I just offered an alternative <laughs> of course you did of hand jobbing yes. which is somehow more awkward so you know what I don't get why didn't Jill and our fight in any kind of way. It, did she just think it was pointless? But like, why not put up yeah. any kind of but what's the resistance? I don't know, man. Get a couple licks in. I'm not going out like yeah, like not <laughs> yeah. She's I been mean, running. She's been running from this dude for a while, based on other information and yeah. like the RPG and stuff. Yeah. Like, so you'd think that there'd be a little bit of fight in her. Our I army, mean, like, she's not like helpless. Like now, the way is kind of clear. Essentially, all she's got to do is like incapacitate this guy. And then prove to the SG, like, SGC, yeah. like... Well, if she takes him out, who just killed a bunch of guards... Right. It's like, hey, look, I did... And I didn't run. I'm waiting right here. I incapacitated him. Like, now we can talk. Like, why... I just don't get why she just took it. Yeah. I mean, he did have, like, all the cards. She was completely unarmed. We have to assume that they made sure she was... True. ...completely unarmed. And he has the thing and a gun. We also saw her, like... Do one arm motion and send Jack O'Neill flying across the room. So, like, girl's got some strength. And she's got she Sam Carter's training, too. So, like. Right. Well, well, we have to assume that he, I mean, he's at least as strong as she is. Totally. He ripped open the. That's true. I, I don't know. I'm with you a little bit. Like, it does seem odd because from what we learned about Jolinar in the future, she's a badass survivor. Yeah. Like, she figures out a way to survive like she escaped hell yeah she's infiltrated in the worst possible positions and managed to get out and so the fact that she doesn't really even fight at all here it's a little odd i don't it's a little odd i yeah. do find it interesting that they also just went and sent an assassin after her so like if you have an assassin after someone who has all these sorts of secrets why wouldn't the system lords at least try and bring her back yeah like capture yeah. her and figure yeah. out like where's the tokra like resistance yeah. or whatever Where's the, where's the rebel base? Like, that's essentially what I was thinking the whole time. Like, yeah. I guess it kind of, like, goes back to, like, the Goa'uld are, like, arrogant and, like, they take huge hits to their pride. And maybe, like, it was, like, one of those, like, moments of, like, blinded, like, rage of, like, Jolinar tried to overrule me and now I must destroy you. Like, there's no, like, tactics involved that they kind of revert back to... Anyways, I just... Yeah, it is odd. You make a good point. It's, it's, the whole ending kind of... It just feels like an odd ending for Jolinar. Yeah, so her, Sam's face is all like, you can see the skull and stuff. And then security gets there as, so Sam Jolinar is on the ground. He's over her and a couple of guys run in and he turns and he's like, it's like, oh, he killed her and those two. Let's go. <laughs> and then like, and gets up and runs out and the freaking security guys just, just follow him. I feel like after this, like the SGC has like a base-wide training on like proper protocol and like use some identification. 
Just because someone's wearing the uniform doesn't mean they belong. John Adams, as you can see here, I'm totally supposed to be here. Because <laughs> the beginning was just like so ridiculous to me. He is over her yeah. dead body. Yeah. And there are two dead guys behind him. And he's just like, oh, he got her. Let's go. <laughs> Doesn't he say like, let's go. I'm pretty sure he says like, let's go boys. Like he's trying to be like kind of broy military like let's go boys like our work here yep. is done so then so then they leave and they're going down the hall as jack and teal are are coming down the hall and the the ash rack says colonel they're, they're dead or there's two we were dead. too late there's two dead and like the prisoner's dead and two guards are dead and we'll we'll give jack and teal a pass because their first concern here is carter and and so they they just keep going. But Tilk double takes. D- Tilk does do a double take. He kind of gives a second glance to the guy. And so then they get into the room and they you know they stop to kind of see if the guys are dead for sure. Jack then keeps going to check on Sam while Tilk is confirming that the guards are dead. And we get just a heartbreak. Sam. 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 Tilk, get a medical team down here right away. Oh, he touches her face so gently. So much. Yeah, it's he cups the back of her head. He tilts her jaw. There's a moment where my heart stopped because I thought his thumb was about to brush over her bottom lip. It, it didn't. Did, did it? it did. Yes. I think it just missed. I sent you gifts. You can look at them and you can decide for yourself. Okay, I'm pretty sure he just missed it. I don't. I don't think so. I think it actually happened. Mm. Anyway, it's. Heartbreaking. He says her name. He doesn't say Carter. He says Sam. Yes. Uh, it's uh, it's everything I want. <laughs> I feel like, I mean, genuinely, I know I kind of been like tooting this train since the first episode. Like, this is why I started watching the show. But I genuinely feel like, like, if you weren't shipping them or wondering what was between them before, I feel like by this episode, you have to at least be side eyeing it a little bit and just being like, Something's there. I don't know. Some something's mm-hmm. happening here. I don't know what it is, but there's something here. Yeah. And so so then we cut to the infirmary and Sam is being wheeled in on a gurney and Janet is on the gurney with her performing compressions. And Jack comes in with Teal and Jack is wiping tears from his eye. Mm-hmm. 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 Yes, that's what happens. That is what happens. Jack is crying. That's exactly what happens. You cannot, like, I thought about screen recording the moment and putting it, like, as a poll on Twitter to be like, what do we think here? Is he crying or do he have a suspicious, like, piece of lint in his eye? Very coincidentally. Because it's like, I, there's no other explanation for the wipe under the eye and then, like, kind of like, like, yes, like, it was a very characteristic, I'm crying and wiping a tear moment. It was a choice. A choice? I, yes. Thank you, Richard Dean Anderson. You did that Martin for us. Wood. Martin Wood. The whole production cast and crew, thank you <laughs> for that one moment. I don't want to be like too much of a shipper podcast because like that's got to be annoying if you're no, not sure. a shipper. That's so fair. like I was trying to be a little more neutral about it, but also he totally was crying for her. He, he and was, and as and just like overwhelmed, just like straight up, like he must have been like holding that in for like the last whatever it is, 48, 72 hours of just like mourning her. The potential, po- yeah, the possibility of losing her and like 
god damn it it's good yeah well and as far as i know and that i can think of this is the only time we really see him properly shed a tear like i think we see him with tear-filled eyes but in terms of like tears on his face i i can't think of one you can feel free to correct me people who are listening to it feel free to correct me we may be able to correct that down the road We'll keep it's something we'll keep an eye on. I can't think of anything either, but maybe there is. Nope, I can't. I mean, I'm sure he has, yeah. like Jack O'Neill as like a, a yeah, person, yeah, yeah. but that we see on the show. I think the most we get is like teary eyed, but not like a fallen mm-hmm. tear that he has to physically wipe away and like yeah. hide. I agree. Yes. Yeah. Also, not related to anything we've been talking about, but when Janet gets off of Sam on the gurney, she full-on plants her hand on Sam's crotch to get, like, I I think it was an accident. Like, I don't think that uh, Terrell Rothery actually meant to, like, put her hand there, but I had to pause and rewind it. It made me laugh so hard, just trying to think about being, like, a man in Tapping's shoes, and, like, you're laying there, and all of a sudden there's just, like, a, a hand on your crotch. (laughs) <laughs> it made me laugh it's so stupid and very childish but it made me laugh i mean i, I do i wonder what it's like because you have to be like you can't still you and can't dead. react yeah. and they used that take so clearly she didn't like break nope oh, it made me laugh so then it goes to the gate room and daniel's saying goodbye to talia she thanks him he jumps back to the infirmary they're getting weird feedback on the e e e g they discover there's two signals. They assume one is from the parasite and one is from Sam. Goes back to the gate room. The Ashrak with his little <laughs> SF buddies in tow. <laughs> Sorry. It's, it's like they fought. They're just like, all right, we're going with this dude we've never seen in our lives. He arrives at the gate room. The gate is open when mm-hmm. he first gets into the room, which goes back to my concern about leaving it open. But then it closes because apparently i think talia was the last one through so the gate closes and because you see the afrak runs in and he's like yes i'm gonna get out of here yep. and then the gate closes and he's like oh maybe <laughs> and daniel starts walking down the ramp towards this guy mm-hmm. and he goes hey i recognize you and keeps walking closer to the yes. guy and i'm like daniel Get there faster. Sound the alarm. Or at least exercise a little more caution and don't put yourself in grabbing distance uh-huh. of the strange man who he's like, I recognize him. He saw last saw him dressed as a doctor. They do a little flashback yep. to remind us that Daniel saw him dressed as a doctor. Like, this dude is fishy. Uh-huh. <laughs> nope. He just walks right up to the guy and then the guy grabs him and holds him at gunpoint. And we get this lovely moment. I took out the background noise to get it better because it's pretty quiet. Oh, (laughs) jeez. That's like Daniel's new, just like, all right, again, all right. (laughs) I guess this is happening now. Oh, (laughs) jeez. So then we go from the Daniel hostage situation back to the infirmary. And Janet doesn't want to know what to do. Understandably, this is not covered in medical school. No, And the... It seems to be that the Goa'uld is dying and is taking Carter with it. Yeah. Then we go back to the gate room and Hammond tells the Ashrak to let go of Daniel. Ashrak says, nope, got to turn the gate back on. Go back to the infirmary. The parasite is getting weaker. You hear over the loudspeaker the announcement of an intruder in the gate room. Jack basically nods at Teal'c and sends Teal'c to go investigate, but he does not leave Sam's bedside. He's worried about his teammate, guys. (laughs) 
Uh Yep. Yep. That's it. So worried that he is the ranking officer on the flagship team. There is an intruder on base. By all accounts, he should be in the gate room helping, like, man the situation. And, like... There's nothing he can do for Sam. Nothing he can do for Sam. He's just there, wiping his tears away. And yet, and yet, he turns to Teal'c and he says, Teal'c, you handle this. I can't possibly leave this room while Samantha Carter is potentially dying in front of me. I can't. Your Honor, I rest my case. They're in love. I'm excited <laughs> to attend their wedding. <laughs> There's definitely something. I it there is. I mean, obviously, I also. It's not hardcore. like because it's not like Tilk was like I too wish to remain by Samantha Carter. Like, yeah. like Tilk went no problem. I'm sure Tilk is also very concerned about Sam. Tilk's doing his job. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Yep. Look, Jack somehow sometimes just. You know, when Sam's involved and she's in danger, sometimes he gets these, these you know, blinders on. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he doesn't. It all just kind of depends on, depends on the situation. This is the first this real time, life and death. Yeah, so, you know, well, second one, because we're second counting one. Yeah, yeah, solitudes. We, we um, always count solitudes. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, again, I don't care. I, I know we're obviously all biased here because we do ship them pretty heavily, but, like, as a first-time watcher, even if you aren't a shipper, you have to be eyeing that and being like, homeboy is out here crying and, like, doesn't want to leave her side. She looked wrecked this entire episode, kind of like the way Daniel looked when Sharae was taken. There's some parallels there. Hmm, something to worth explore. I don't know. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's sure. So then I can go back to the gate room. The Ashrak shoots the pistol he has at Hammond. Luckily, there's some bulletproof gla- glass there. I love that Hammond still kind of like ducks and flinches. <laughs> uh, it goes back to the infirmary. They're saying they need to cardiovert that her at 40 joules. And then it goes back to the... Like, it is <laughs> back, 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 back and forth. Back to the gate room. Teal'c just comes marching in with a zap. <laughs> apologizes to Daniel. <laughs> and then shoots both Daniel and the and the Ashrak. And as so as the first shot hits, Daniel falls. The Ashrak um, goes to raise his gun. And Teal'c shoots him again. And Ashrak falls and is dead. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember if I pulled this up or not. Yeah. Then we get this great exchange between Teal'c and Daniel. Which, okay, so... D- Teal'c runs over to check on Daniel. Traditionally, the first shot of the Zat seems to incapacitate a little more than this <laughs> shot does. Because yeah. Daniel is kind of just like shocked and and and, and like seems in pain, but he's fully conscious and already kind of moving, sitting up. But we get this fun exchange. Are you injured? Dumb question. <laughs> but thank you. I think. You are welcome. Just don't ever do that again. <laughs> uh, a well, little bit of levity in fine, the, like Daniel. We won't ask how you're doing. <laughs> uh, so then it goes back to the infirmary, and the parasite is dead. And there's like flatlining noises. Jack looks very distraught. Janet looks very distraught. Mm-hmm. But and but then Janet has this moment of like. She kind of, she's asked for more epi. She's like, not quite ready to give up. And so the guy gets ready to put, grab some more epi. And then the, um, she goes, they say she went out. Of, she's out of V-fib. They find her pulse. It's weak, but steady. And Jack's face, though. The relief. Uh-huh. Oh, 
I can't like listen. There's only so much we can say about this entire exchange, and you just have to go rewatch it for your own very eyes because I feel like we're not. It's a lot of like flailing on our end because like there's no words to describe like the way he's looking at her and the way he's like emoting. Oh, it's so good. Yep. And then we get this. And I broke it up because there's kind of a gap in the middle. So first he he gives this. Can you help me out with this? You did it, Sam. You won. Oh, oh so sweet. And he calls her Sam mm-hmm. again. But she's awake. Mm-hmm. Not seemingly dead. Uh-huh. This is a situation where first names are required. Mm-hmm. It's, the lo- yeah. it's the law of the ship. And Sam, first of all, the makeup did a great job. Sam looks sick, like t- pale, pale, yeah, pale, and like uh-huh. those like dark like rings around her eyes and like pale mouth, Your lips, yeah, yeah. And sh- and she also, man, Amanda Tapping kills it. Like these last couple scenes, she's like so broken looking mm-hmm. when she when she wakes up, and we get this added little anguish. What's up? as it was you hung in there you beat it cold gave its life for me saved me oh so jack is so sweet he's just really trying to give her credit and bolster her obviously he doesn't really totally understand what happened Mm -mm. there's no way he could there's no there's no frame of reference to understand what she just went through uh he's like such like such faith in her too like he like says it he reinforces like you beat it you did it like i like you did this it's like oh he like never had a doubt oh. except when he was except crying. for when he was crying but even then so then we go to it's basically like recovery sam is in a room daniel brings her some flowers asks how she's doing she's completely non-responsive she's lying on her side facing the wall doesn't move at all or acknowledge that daniel just came into the room and brought her flowers and Daniel then leaves and goes out into the hall where Janet and Jack and with Cassie on his lap Ugh. are waiting. Mm-hmm. It's so basically Daniel says that she's the same as she's been. We don't know how much time has passed, Mm-mm. but clearly she's been unresponsive and pretty catatonic basically since this happened, which is just like, ugh, kill me. Mm-hmm. Poor Sam. And Jack is reassuring Cassie that this is Sam and Daniel too. They're all kind of reassuring Cassie that the the gold is gone. This is Sam. It's just Sam. Uh, she's just really sad right now. And, and Jack tells her that seeing her is going to cheer her up though. And so then Cassie goes into the room and climbs up onto Ugh. the bed with Sam and basically like, Kind of gets her to roll over and is, tells her everything's that she's gonna be okay, that everything's gonna be okay, and then it's like so heartbreaking. So Sam does respond a little bit. She rolls over and she looks at Cassie, but still looks like really dead eyed yep. and broken. Yeah, like it's not like she. I in my head, I feel like I remembered her smiling at. Cassie I thought at the she smiled too, and no, she doesn't. She no. so broken. Yeah, Jan. Is it Janet who says like that? That the symbiote's being like, re- oh, Jack says that it's like being reabsorbed by her body. And it's like, mm-hmm. so I, so this actually comes about as close as we ever get to having emotional repercussions. Yeah. They, 
and we move on from it from the next in the next episode. Although we do cut, like we do revisit Jolinar yes. in the future, but in terms of Sam being a completely broken person here, and again, like she responds a little bit to Cassie, but still looks absolutely broken, and presumably has been that way for days. And I, I mean, and our our next episode's pretty rough as well. Like that's Prisoners is next, so like <sighs> we're going straight from like catatonic. She was literally just in a cell. Yeah. And then we're going into like, oh, prison time. And yeah, so that that's rough. And so it's like, I appreciate that we get to actually see that she's devastated by what she went through. I would, it's it almost then though makes it worse that like we acknowledge that it has emotionally devastated her and yet we still just blow right past yeah. it. And we also get some really good, like almost like character development and reinforcement for cassie because i mean she was terrified and so she had to like overcome those fears and like reach back out and forgive and like be there for sam so it's a good closing scene it's we got a good emotional punch to go along Mm -hmm. with the rest of our emotional punching bag of an episode Mm -hmm. um but yeah i do right but i I wouldn't call it resolution. No, definitely like, not resolution. It's very open-ended. I would be happy to... But then it's like, I guess, how do you pick and choose which of the traumatic things they go through that you want to... Ex- look at Abyss, for God's sake. Like, I know. Oh, don't even get me started. <laughs> but, like, we just... Yeah. The show doesn't yeah. do fall out very well. I get it. it. I mean, because... That's not what people signed up for, I guess. I, yeah. I signed up for it. All right. That's it. That's okay. the episode. Uh, shall we rate it and give our air medal award out? Yes, we shall. I'm just realizing we didn't give an air medal to the one I edited today. We didn't? Mm-mm. To be fair, I think that was one that we did after like a very long break. And there's not really one to and give also there's not either yeah. in the season one finale. No. They all... We we can cut this. I was just yeah. now we said air metal and I was like, wait. Alright. I'll go first. I give this episode and I give it like a six and a half out of seven, I think. It's one of my favorite episodes. There's just a few mistakes and they're small, like continuity, medical things. I overall love it. It is, it hits emotionally. The story is well-crafted. It, there's payout for all of the buildup at the beginning. We get Cassie back. I love getting any glimpses into the fact that these people are functioning normal humans <laughs> with like personal lives. Mm-hmm. And so overall, just really, I really like this episode. I always love episodes where we get a little bit more information on Sam and Amanda Tapping gets to flex her muscles a little bit yes so i love it it's a good one yeah i also love this episode for me it's a seven it's like i feel like on principle any episode that i love this much like deserves the full seven um i think the writing like i appreciate the writing from like a technical standpoint and like it's tight storytelling i feel like except for those two little blips of like logic leaping where i wish we had a little more exposition there like we could have subbed out some of the opening death glider explosions for like 30 more seconds a piece on those scenes um but other than that i mean it grabbed me from the beginning i've got my sam jack moments i've got good emotional payoff i thought like i said the writing was really tight um yeah full full seven for me plus it's like my top 10 of all time so like again you gotta 
You got to represent with the seven. Um, I'm also going to give it a six and a half, as Chelsea did. Haters. Um, <laughs> I'm not a hater. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, like both of y'all said, the storytelling in this episode is great. The writing is fantastic. Um, I do like the fact that this kind of, this episode basically kind of opened the door for more, I think of the word now. Tokra? Mythology? Thank you. More mythology. Um, with the Tokra, and we brought the system lords, which I think they've been brought up once or twice before, but, like, we didn't really know much about them. We got a little bit more about them. I'm just all about mythology and, you know, backstory and stuff. Um, I like, Amanda Tapping killed it. Mm-hmm. Killed it. She thought that when, when, when you read the, the thing from the, from the, the guide, the guide, the guide. Um, yeah, my brain is not... That's okay. Um, We're approaching midnight, so, like, brain cells, like, start dying at a certain point. <laughs> They're, like, gremlins, so... Well, the guy said that she was worried about not being able to hit hit where she needed to hit. She hit it. I think yeah. she hit it out of the ballpark. It was great. RDA did a fantastic job. We brought back old characters like uh, Fraser and Cassie. They're great to see. Yeah, it was just all really good. All right, just so not, you... Just not, just not a seven for me. Okay. <laughs> what will it take? <laughs> uh, okay, air metal award. Who are we giving it to? Actually, like I said, I want to give it to Amanda Tapping. Yeah, <laughs> can we give it to Amanda Tapping? Is that is that allowed? I, character character wise, I actually don't know who I would give it to. I'm giving it to Amanda Tapping. Can I give it to Jolinar? Yeah, I I feel like without Jolinar, we wouldn't have a Samantha Carter moving forward. So like because Jolinar okay. sacrificed herself, right. we got Sam Carter for eight more seasons. I mean. Sam Carter wouldn't have been in danger if Jolinar hadn't jumped down her throat in the first place. Fair, but okay. fair. Okay. But she rectified the situation by dying, so I feel like <laughs> I feel like we'll let it go. <laughs> but yeah, all right, yeah, sure. Let's give it to Jolinar. Okay, so that is our episode. Uh, if you also like me, don't understand why these two gave it a six and a half, and you want to yell at them, please do so by <laughs> tweeting us on Twitter at uh, Chevron's Lock Seven. Uh, or you can DM me directly at Prof Tenant. Uh, you don't bother messaging me on Tumblr. I'm barely there. I'm gonna try and be more present on Twitter. Don't bother me on Tumblr. Oh, you can find me on Tumblr, Professor Tenant. I'm just not checking it as often. So, <laughs> not that anyone, by the way, has messaged me <laughs> at all. Nope, I don't know. Me. I don't know why we do this at this point. I say moving forward, like. There's been we just do the podcast. Yeah, email. yeah, guys. It's been twenty something episodes. Like, come find us. Like, eh, go listen to any of the other episodes. We put our information out there. You got us. I, whatever. <laughs> I'm done giving our contact okay. information away. You can find me, Melanie, at <laughs> on Twitter at Melanie Martian, M A R S H A N, or on Tumblr, which I'm never on, just like Justin on Tumblr anymore. At my stupid dumb flyboy. You can find me, Chelsea, on Twitter at Kahils, K-A-H-E-E-L-S, or on Tumblr at Pianosa Two to the Fighting Eight. Although none of you I'm have, still not going to spell out. No. no, none of nobody's ever. No one's me messaged on us. No one's reached I mean, out. No, I have gotten, gotten new followers. We've gotten emails. On, there's a chance. I got asked one time during our lo- during our long hiatus of you know however long that. Oh was, yeah, if we're coming if we're back. <laughs> yeah, we're alive, guys. Now I've got all the time in the world. We kind of didn't address the elephant in the room of, like, the global pandemic. 
Oh, shit. Yeah. Hey, guys. So the world's on fire. Um, And what better time to cool those fires than with a delightful podcast centered around Stargate and Sam and Jack. Uh, It's also a good excuse to just watch Stargate again. Yeah. It is. It is. We're desperate for human interaction. (laughs) God, please. (laughs) My cats, they can only take so much. Oh, jeez. revert back to <laughs> that was my chair uh-huh uh-huh Mel she can't recreate it Mel's been hitting those uh cheese curds <laughs> it was my chair sure <laughs>